Okay, transmission has begun. We're here. Good. Head for that. Hello, everybody. Hello, everyone. How are you doing? Good? I hope so. I hope you're doing better than Pierre right now. He is currently on a on a two-loss streak right now, and it's We hilarious. are fine? Everything is okay. It's not my fault that I create exceptional, exceptional plans of Mario Party. And someone wins the freaking lottery. That's not my fault. That's not on me. That's, 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 it's just, like I said last time, it's karma I am a flawless galaxy brain. I made Toad's Midway Madness into a good board. Nintendo couldn't do that. <laughs> uh, I, I hope that goes down to the final game. Like, if that, that last board, if it's a three on three, that'll just be, uh, best content. I promise you, if it's last board, it'll be in Mario Party 5. Ooh, fun. Just, just to be as random as possible. <laughs> anyway, welcome everybody to the uh, half of October Design Dorks. <laughs> hey, it's, we're, we're here. We're fine. We're here. We're it's at, like yeah. almost a full month. I think we're like five days short. Yeah, as long as it's monthly, that's, what it, that's all that really matters. Yeah. I am one of your co-hosts, the Duke of Dorks. I'm fucking exhausted today i've been sandblasting all week and if you know what that is it's rough i know playing against luke really hard <laughs> and joining me i am pure kong of designing for absolute pleasure yeah we're just gonna talk about some games some other stuff a bonus stage that may not be may or may not be completely obvious on my part the title and thumbnail just slightly give it away I'm so excited to talk about that. I'm glad that you're excited. My life is going okay. Glad to hear it. Yeah. Okay, but before we can start with the traditional stuff, we of course have to do... What the fuck's the name of this thing? Ding Pots and Dragons. Thank you, Ding Pots and Dragons. I wasn't expecting anything, but there's nothing. No, no, no Halloween little grunty thing. Excuse me. There was a fourth banjo statue announced for this year. Four of them now. Yeah, they released like crocodile banjo this year, walrus banjo this year, and now they're just doing banjo kazooie, but again. And then like a fourth one that was a character that I forget. Uh, apparently, clearly they're working. Oh wait, I think they did pumpkin banjo. Have they done Pumpkin Banjo yet? I don't remember. I mean, if there was but one first to do for Halloween, that would be it. First Four Figures is pumping out very, very high-quality statues, by which I mean very decent-quality statues. <laughs> yeah. I, I think for Game exorbitant Awards, prices. Game Awards is like the last chance for any of this to happen, right? Yeah. yeah as, okay. as it always is. Indeed. Mayhaps, mayhaps indeed, it'll get in between the GTA 6 trailer that's been rumored for 10 years. <sighs> Remember when GTA 5 came out? Actually, no, I don't. It's been too long. Man. <laughs> I didn't even want to be a voice actor back then. I and think... that's like so long ago. 
At, at the time, I thought, like, 4 was the newest one. I didn't even clock that a 5 existed. That was just the ones that my friends played. That's what they had access to. <laughs> there is no 5 in Bossing Say. Oh, well. Maybe next time the bet would be a little more fun. But until then, what you been playing? Oh, a bunch of games, actually. Like, if you look at my list, like, that's a solid list. No, yeah, that's a lot. I feel inadequate. I brought, yeah, like, no, 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 I... <laughs> I was like, okay, uh, before bed Steam Deck and waking up Steam Deck. Good decision oh, for my life. That, 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 yeah, that checks out. Yeah. But, um, start things off. I played a game that, uh, is just a demo at this point, but it's called, uh, Yellow Taxi Goes Room. Which okay. is a great name for a game. Oh, yeah, fantastic. Um, Imagine if Crazy Taxi were a platformer released on the Sega Saturn. <laughs> I've got the trailer in the background right now. This this is just Crazy Taxi in a Sonic level. That's that's all yes. this is. Now the interesting thing about this game is that you do not have a jump button. Which you're oh. like, how does that work for a platformer? It is you do a dash and your dash continues its momentum. Okay, so like and a lot you of just ramp kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, you okay. just launch yourself off of ramps constantly. It is very, very fun when you get it working. The skill ceiling is really high. Like the skill floor is high. <laughs> okay. I mean, I love the style of this. This is so fun. Oh yeah. Kind of hurting my um, eyes with how it just Oh yeah, it's a bit garish um i personally don't think that it sustains full levels all that well but like as a just a fun concept i think it's really solid and it should be releasing next year so if this is something that sounds interesting to you i wanted to bring it to the table for everyone okay nice D yeah, not much else to say on that one in specific. So to transition into the next one, I played a very old game, I believe 1992 arcade game called Quiz and Dragons, Capcom Quiz Game. I have never heard of this before. Excellent. So do you know what Dungeons and Dragons is? Uh, I, I, I may have heard of it. <laughs> All right, so imagine that sort of stylization in the sort of beat-em-up style that was going on with D&D &D at the time, uh, and imagine that they turn it into a board game, and in order to defeat the enemies, you have to answer trivia questions. Okay, and is it like, what are the trivia questions centered around? Trivia from 1992. <laughs> So it's not like Capcom themed or fantasy. There is themed a at all. version of this it's that has just... Capcom themed questions, <laughs> but my version that I played in my Discord server, which I just was like, okay, guys, we're going to group think this. Okay, first question: Who starred in this movie? I'm just looking at the, which of the following actors did not appear in The Godfather Part Two. Exactly, but a bit more obscure, and again, it does not go past like 1990. Wow. There's a sharp metallic echo to my mic. Oh, dear. No sayings have changed. Can you turn me down on your end? A yeah, bit? I can turn you down a little bit. All right. Yeah, let, let me see, because I wasn't there last night, and I apologize. Yeah, get probably down another decibel. See if that helps. All right. Great, 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 great. Um, otherwise, I'll just fiddle a bit. In any case, um, yeah, that was a difficult time. 
I assume I would have spent about $30 trying to get through this game mm-hmm. because it's just like you have four hit points. <laughs> I'm assuming you lose one for every question wrong. For every question mm-hmm. you get wrong. And that has the gall to tell you the percent of questions you get right for every encounter. And then you have a delightful thing like you'll land on an inn and there will be an innkeeper. It'll be like, oh, hello, you can rest at my inn and recover your health if you can answer this one quiz question. (laughs) And he's just an enemy like everyone else. And he will punch you to death if you do not answer his trivia right. But after you do, you can rest at the inn. (laughs) That's hilarious. Was it fun, I guess? (laughs) I don't think it was a great game, but I recommend people who have just like little discord communities get like four to ten people together to try to group think things because I revealed myself to be not very good at trivia, except that one time in like sixth grade where I was convinced that I liked baseball. So I knew a lot about the Boston Red Sox specifically. So every question that had to do with Fenway Park, I nailed. Nice. <laughs> but there was just a delightful. Uh-oh. That's a robot that. voice. Hate that for me. Your face is just permanently. Oh, no, I'm duplicating again. No. <laughs> okay, we fixed it. We've okay, solved good, it. Good, good. The, the problem is fixed. Technical issues. Yeah, we'll live with them. So in any case, uh. The final question is against this, like, Satan-esque figure going, (laughs) You fool, you absolute moron. You've finally gotten all the way here. There's no chance. Your puny human mind cannot comprehend the legions of knowledge that I will have. You'll drown in your own ignorance. Question number one. What year was the Declaration of Independence signed? (laughs) 1776 right you're you're asking me for assurance i don't know (laughs) do you know how many musicals are based on this how many musicals are just titled 1776 i'm just double checking it's been like 15 years since i history class (laughs) (sighs) what happens when you defeat the devil's trivia show uh he is like, ah, but I will return. But you can have the seed of knowledge. And then you're like, oh, wow, you're the smartest person. Now we can all be smart. Yay. <laughs> it's it's a very dumb game, but there are a lot of these trivia style um, games that released in Japan. And about this time, this is just the one that happened to be localized. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, this sounds like a stupid idea to kill like two hours. And it was a stupid idea to kill like two hours. Very nice. <sighs> so that went well. Uh, and then it, uh, Halloween happened. So I played Castlevania. Hey, uh, just the original? Just the original NES game. Guess what? That game is fucking awesome. Like, a lot of games on the NES, I don't think particularly 
are that captivating at this time just yeah, because no. we have had so much iteration on them mm-hmm. that there is usually a more streamlined version of them castlevania one i do not believe that on i think castlevania one is great it is stiff it is crunchy but it is understandable everything that you do is a major commitment but you always have time to react to it it's not like ghosts and goblins where something will spawn under your feet and you will die from it everything is very clearly laid out and sometimes you'll be like well how the hell am i supposed to get past that and sometimes you won't but it's a strong, strong learning game. Like each stage from start to finish is only like, what, three to four minutes? Something like that, yeah. And and Simon himself is such an effective character at just whipping things to death that it just feels great. Dracula is one of the all time great final bosses for his first phase. Just getting that perfect rhythm down because He's very simple. He just teleports and shoots three fireballs that he angles depending on your position. Mm -hmm. So figuring out the slow process of when to bait that and what the time is and then going, okay, now do it 16 times in a row. is really, really satisfying to whittle the guy down. Very nice. It's interesting how the... uh... Like, thanks to the identity that Castlevania has, its older NES roots aren't... still have aged decently well, because that's just what the NES was. It wasn't Mm -hmm. really fighting with the games, with the console shortcomings, it was more just working with them. Exactly. And, like, there, there are obvious technical exploits that you can do, like... Anyone vaguely familiar with Castlevania knows that you can just throw holy water at death and you will stunlock him forever. Mm hmm Uh... That said, the holy water is at the start of the stage, and there are checkpoints in between the start of the stage and the end of the stage. So if you don't get to him in that one life, you aren't executing that strategy. So even its cheese factor has a sense of balance to it. It it almost feels deliberate just to have the item that can get you through the boss easily, but you have to do this hard stage perfectly. Mm-hmm. Not a Cookie Monster fan? No, no. Oh, Dracula 2 is a baby. <laughs> that is a little man who gets stuck and he's like T posing. He goes, hi! And then he dies. He was much harder when I realized, oh, I have to actually whip him in the head? When I was just whipping his body and whiffing on everything, he was much more difficult. Mm hmm, mm hmm. Agreed. But yeah, I of NES classics, I this is in my top three NES games, I would say. And on replaying it, that has not changed whatsoever. What are the other two, just out of curiosity? Uh Ninja Guy in two and Joy Mech Fight. Oh yeah, duh, duh. Of course. (laughs) How could I forget? I feel bad. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't know. Somewhere on the top ten is DK Junior Math. Absolutely. It's gotta be. It's gotta be. Oh yeah, it's it's the perfect game. It is. It's a, the flawless expression of the human condition through apes. <laughs> Alrighty. And then I think I will do one more before passing it over to you. Sounds good. For a little bit. And that is um you know, I beat Castlevania a little quick. 
So I wanted to go for, okay, what else is there? Because, like, the Castlevania collection was, like, two bucks over Halloween. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, yeah, sure, whatever. Tried a couple of games on it, and I was like, Super Castlevania 4, don't jive with it. Um, Castlevania 2 on Game Boy, don't jive with it. Castlevania 3, I already know I don't like you. But there was one game that hadn't been localized yet from that collection, and that is Kid Dracula. Are you familiar with Kid Dracula at all? Uh, Very loosely based on its reputation. I don't know much about it. Okay, Kid Dracula is like a Mega Man game, but you're Dracula. It's about what I've heard, yeah. Yeah. What? Uh, uh, why am I looking at a KKK member with a swastika over on the hood? Don't worry about it. They removed the swastika. <laughs> what, what He's the... a ghost. <laughs> okay. Don't worry about it. It's okay. Ignore that little part of it. <laughs> He's a ghost. I just saw, He's a ghost. I just saw the playback on the YouTube and I was like, why is there a huge spike right here? <laughs> uh, anyway, it's a cute little game. After every stage, you get like a new version of your charge buster. And some of them are just like, these is homing fireballs. You'll use this a lot. These is an ice spell that freezes enemies like Samus's ice beam. You'll use this never. Mm hmm. Um, and then it has a couple like unique little ones, like one that reverses gravity so you can jump on the ceiling or one that Ooh. turns you into a bat for five seconds. But obviously, you lose your charge shot while you're doing these. But mm-hmm. if you hate platforming, that's fine. Um, to sell people on this game, you go to America and one of the bosses is the Statue of Liberty. <laughs> but you don't fight her. Instead, you answer trivia questions about America. I need to know what these trivia questions are. Uh, One of them was, what island am I located on? And one answer was Ellis Island. One was a Japanese island. And the other was Shadow Moses Island. (laughs) Yes. Oh, that's great. Um, the game is really easy until it hits level seven and then it becomes really, really hard. You go in like this elevator going into space and it's like an auto scroller where platforms are slowly descending Mm -hmm. and you have to get it perfectly and know when enemies are coming. And if you don't beat the boss at the top, you got to do the elevator again. Hmm. Um, With that said, this is a game with infinite continues. Just that stage and the final stage require perfect clears with no checkpoints. And there are a lot of bosses on that final stage. Mm -hmm. It's not too difficult to learn. It's like this is my idea of just this is a Nintendo game. Mm -hmm. It is good. It functions. It has some cute ideas. Uh, You will play it and then you will probably forget about it, except for that one moment where the Statue of Liberty told you trivia questions. (laughs) That is pretty great. (sighs) Yeah, that's uh, that's a good starting salvo for me. Go ahead. Okay, okay. So I just in general have had not much time to play any games like anything. Everything Mm -hmm. I'm bringing here, I've only played for like 
three or four hours each top. But uh, first off, I will I will say this just because it kind of brings it back into public consciousness. I did watch Maximilian Dude play Spider-Man 2, but since that game falls under the whole strike thing, I'm going to respect that and just not talk about the game. And instead, just say that, holy shit, changing Peter's face was not the right call. <laughs> I don't care how much more accurate it feels. The fact of the matter is, he's got like 40% less face to work with. It's very disconcerting. Like, he's mathematically significantly less expressive. I will say, because I've watched bits and pieces, because my friends and I are big fans of the character Venom, so mm -hmm. Venom being in the game was like, ooh. No, uh, we're we're watching a few cutscene compilations here. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, Because yeah. I'm not getting my hands on a PS5 anytime soon. Same. Um... Yuri Lowenthal in this game. Damn, he do go. Mm-hmm. No, yeah. But did a great job. Just can't look at his face while he's talking. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I'm just saying that all of the emotion that could have been shared in his face went directly into his throat. Yes, absolutely agreed. It, it, it's hilarious because I know, know it annoys the director so much to keep getting asked about the face thing. And I, I hope it continues to annoy him because that was a dumb decision. Uh, as for actual games, uh, I did make that little Heroes of the Storm video, which required me playing some Heroes of the Storm. Right. Which just, I, I, I reinstalled it to get footage for the game, and like a week later, I had to uninstall it because it just devours my free time. I cannot practice self-control with that experience. It's got like... We have like 90 plus heroes on 15 battlegrounds, each of which you can build in like half a dozen ways, and there's 10 per game. Like, it's it li a limitless. Wow, that was English. Mm -hmm. Limitlessly replayable. Just a. Feels like a dead swan song of a company I used to love. And it's just like, no, I, I don't want to leave. I, I want to I stay here and not take into account reality. Oh, lucky that your favorite Blizzard game is still available. Yeah, give it time. Give it time. Well, Microsoft, maybe. I, uh -huh. I don't know. I, I, uh -huh. Let, let me look at these layoff notices and see how I feel about Microsoft. They, 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 they treat Age of Empires well. I can, I can just look at that and not... I can just be that meme of the dog in the room where everything's you on fire. You can't just be like, this is but Age of Empires. Yes, I you can. You can't just be like that. I can happily be just Age of Empires. It's the only you, brand you I care just... about under their umbrella. You can't just, like, hold the sword for Microsoft and watch everything burning down around you and you look at Age of Empires and are like, no, you're worth it. <laughs> uh, at the very least, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Uh, but that's all I had with that. After Heroes of the Storm, I have been waiting, like, specifically waiting for Halloween to play this game. And of course, mm -hmm. I was only able to spend two hours with the game, because that's just my life now. But I went back to the Dead Space remake. Ooh, okay. Which, ooh, that, that, that's, that's a good game. That's a really, really good game. I uh, probably said this the first time I talked about it, but this might just be the best remake I've ever seen of a video game. Turning the Ishimura oh, into a uh, 
seamlessly explorable ship instead of like splitting it into various different levels it does mm-hmm. so much for the immersion in this horror like game because you can you can kind of plan on a uh, like when you think an enemy will pop up in a, like in a set of levels because you can just get a sense of like the general flow of the game mm-hmm. when you're freely exploring like an open ship you have no idea when things are going to come after you Right. It loses its sense of progression and just becomes one seamless environment yeah, that still has like a similar sense of progression, but Exactly. So it kind of gives this like overarching sense of okay, I'm just being stalked constantly and I just have to live with that. Especially mm-hmm. because I think I said this last time before, but like worth doubling down on, the enemies are specifically designed to screw with you. They will spawn only to jump back up into vents and just never come back. Some break the vents to scare you, but then just scamper off. Mm-hmm. And then you start thinking, okay, there's a pattern. When they do this behavior, that one's gone, but this one's going to stay around. Only for you to run underneath the, the vent, and all of a sudden it just drops down onto your face. It's horrifying. I love it. <laughs> Excellent. Like I, I already loved Dead Space a lot. It's easily in my top 100. But this right, takes right, right. the game to, like, a whole nother level. The sound design is just the worst thing ever in the best possible way. I don't know how they recorded half of the screams that Necromorphs make, but it is genuinely disconcerting. You, when you, you can actually shoot various limbs, you can just kind of see the flesh just slowly break away, but they're still charging at you, and it just really sells just how much... You just can't stop these things from coming at you. It's terrifying. It's horrible. I hate it. My heart can't take it. 10 out of 10, I can't wait to play more. This is the best Adrenaline Rush game. That is delightful. I I hate that my point of relation is going like, oh, this sounds like me, and Crash Team Racing. <laughs> Such a similar concept. I mean, yeah, they're I very don't... similar games obviously i don't mean to like belittle any ideas or like anything that dead space does to go like haha but crash bandicoot though <laughs> no i totally but, like, respect that from the sense of taking something that i already loved and then altering it in a way that i didn't know that i wanted but like i am so mechanically ingrained into the original that this feels like a seamless transition of what it is meant to be mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's anyway the best kind of remake anyway i'm just saying that isaac clark and crash bandicoot are basically the same person Absolutely. Like, you, 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 half the time you can't even tell it's not Crash underneath that mask. Exactly. Yo, would a, would a Crash Bandicoot horror game actually work? What would that even look like? Um. Gosh, you could probably do some things if, like, you really doubled down on Nina Cortex. Like, there's some good lore there. Do you know that she has robot arms because she hugged things too much as a child and Cortex hated it, so he cut off her arms and replaced them with arms that would crush animals? Wow. <laughs> no, I did not. It's played for laughs. Uh, Mac Blink is asking, should I play New Dead Space over all this? I think the new one is just the old one, but better. Like, it's it's you're getting the same experience, just more. Is Isaac still silent? Uh, no, he is. He does speak every now and then, but it's very, 
very brief glimpses and he's a very grounded character. Like, you don't get any of that, like, Nathan Drake, like, quips. Like, even uh-huh. in the second game, they had a little bit of that. But here, he's just kind of scared. And it's perfect. Mm-hmm. No, no, Cortex is good. He's 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 a good dad slash uncle. Also, it's also, just that one thing. He he made some mistakes. Just the one thing. Just shot off, chopped off her arm so she'd murder any pets she wanted to keep. But apart from that, it's, it's just one thing. It's blemish. okay. He only wanted to do that and conquer the world a little. <laughs> oh, but I, I, my uh, my question that I wanted to give was: um, Does Isaac speaking in any way or being a more interactive character change any context in Dead Space? Um, a little bit, I think, yeah, yeah, I think so, because in the first one, like, silent protagonist, it's very easy to just slot yourself into his shoes, and that's, like, it's not Isaac going through the issue murder, it's you. Here, mm-hmm. you are feeling like you are the character, however, it enhances the sense of just psychological horror he's going through, because... Dead Space is a very psychologically horrifying game. It's like you're in right. his head and you're slowly watching his grip on reality loosen. And mm-hmm. making him a more, like, grounded character does help with just contrast the instability. Right, right. But yeah, good game. Loved it. Can't wait to play more. Good. Good. And then, I think my last... Was this the last one? Oh, I have two more. But these are all fairly... Simple. Let me just grab some background footage. It's it's that tr- quarter monthly time when I get to talk about the latest Age of Empires two expansion. Yay! Cool. Uh, again, I I think I said this last month, but unfortunately, this game is now more expensive than a traditional game. It now costs seventy dollars to experience the twenty plus years lovely history of age of empires 2 so tragic that's the cost of a zelda game yeah and you'll last you for like five times as long uh i can't really add much more about this game it's just a phenomenal rts that keeps growing bigger but i can say two things with this uh first off there are so many campaigns in this game now just covering all different walks of history so many different time periods and civilizations you can actually kind of follow the shifts of power across various regions of the world, like going from one campaign to another, like going to Tamerlane's and just seeing how he just completely decimated the world and just seeing like five different campaigns springing off of that from the vacuum of power. It's just a very neat just exploration of world history, just being able to go back and be like, oh yeah, this is just like, a, it's almost like it's a full story, which is kind of cool. Mm-hmm. And uh, other thing, my one big complaint about these games, like the the single blemish, is that despite showing really cool looks at all sorts of different civilizations from across the world, every mm-hmm. single unit looks the same. As in, like, the, the basic infantry will have, like, your basic sword and shield with Western Europe armor, regardless right. of if it's French, Burmese, Ethiopian, or Mayan. But they are starting to make, like, really small steps towards giving civilizations more regionally styled units. Like, they gave the mm-hmm. Persians a really sick-looking chainmail-covered cataphract instead of, like, the basic Frank Paladin, which is cool. I love that. More of that, please. Nice. 
Uh, but that's all I have to say about that game because it's just not much. It's 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 one of my favorite games. Love it. Uh, last but not least, probably my favorite experience from this month. I had a a friend from high school contact me out of nowhere and say, "Hey, I'm gathering a group of people for a for an eight player LAN Halo night. You want to join in on that?" Which you know, that's scientifically proven to be one of the most exciting offers one human can offer another human. <laughs> Damn, that's some real Big Bang Theory dialogue you just gave right there. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> like, hang on. Don't even talk right now. We have to pause for the laughter. <laughs> uh, but seriously, like, that's so uh, th fun. They're still going. They're still Shut laughing. Shut the fuck up. I'm talking. <laughs> Like, I still think that Halo Infinite has been, like, horribly mismanaged. Like, it's a perfect example of a live-service game done poorly. But god damn, is that game still fun! Like, the simple addition of that grapple hook and, the like, the barrels of uh, just energy juice that you can toss at people and be able to combine those two things together. Just <laughs> yoinking them from across the map and tossing them at your buddies. God, it's such... It's so... So fun, and it becomes insane when you're in a packed room with a bunch of people just just reliving their childhoods. I've, I've forgotten how fun it is to nail somebody with a sticky grenade and just hear them behind me just screaming out of panic. It's, it's great, it's great. Uh, which, you know, it's not exactly thanks to the game, but... No, yeah. It's, it's a... It's a lovely reminder that even though the cultural significance behind them is kind of gone, that land parties are still the best things in the world. Oh, absolutely. Having that many people together and just having the accountability of having someone that you can physically threaten <laughs> matters so much for Halo. Absolutely. Really, most multiplayer games. Well, I agree, but Halo specifically, because it breeds a very certain kind of environment. No, absolutely. It, it's hilarious, because all those people are like Mormons, so their version of cursing is just like, what the fetch, dude? <laughs> <laughs> and I have, to, I have to just sit there the whole time being like, I have to like keep 80% of what's in my mouth from coming out of my mouth. Uh-huh. Which makes it very hard to play Halo, but still so much fun. If any younger members of our audience haven't tried, like, a LAN party just because everything's online now, highly recommend seeking one out. They are Thoroughly so agreed. much fun. I didn't get it to it uh, until later in life because no one in my group of friends cared at all. And, like, most of us were Nintendo kids. And the people who had Halo played it on Xbox Live. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it was just never a thing. Like, I would... I didn't own an Xbox, so I would go to people's houses, play Beaver Creek, die, and then go to the next game where they renamed Beaver Creek into something else. <laughs> I mean, but it would still be there. It's essentially the same thing. Yeah, but again, I didn't get that layer in line. You think I got Conquer before I was, like, 15? <laughs> Okay, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. 
Uh, I, I guess. But yeah, no, the the experience of connecting with other players and just having that full in-person setup, but everyone is close enough and not like on their own monitor that you're not like solely focused in. Mm-hmm. Where you still have that party environment is magical. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, 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 the, the, just the joys of split screen. Yeah, yes. I love it. God, yeah. I, I guess to say a little bit about Infinite itself, it does seem like the game's a little better. Like, there are certainly more maps and modes. Like, two more I haven't heard anything good about it in, like, two years. No, yeah, it, it does not have as much additional content as you would expect from a live service game that's been out for two years. Like, it, it feels like it got a single patch from when I started playing it. I'm like stopped playing till I went there again. From it's... all I heard, the first month was amazing, and everyone was so happy, and it was perfect because it was at the end of the year and toward the game award seasons, so everyone could praise it right then and there and say it was great. And then ever since then, it has been a constant decline or nothing, from what I've heard. Yeah, I don't know if I'd call it a decline because I think the core gameplay is like good. They, but they've declined in just satisfaction. Nothing. Yes, I would say that, that's 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 good. That's good. Like I think I saw one additional gun for a game that's been out for two years with this kind oh. of model. Which okay. you, you know that's that's a little. Ugh. Yeah. But you know, still fun with friends. Getcha. I getcha. Uh, I think that's all for my smaller ones. Yeah, it's all for my smaller ones. All right, so, I'm just going to dig in for a while here because I got. It. You have what, a lot one, more than two, me. Three. Although a lot I have of six ones, more. A lot of those I can also comment on, especially the longer ones. So we'll, all right. we'll be good. Perfect. Um, so the next game on my list is World of Horror. This game has been in early access for a very long while, and it officially released in October. That's so it is now a 2023 game. Yes, um, this is a procedurally generated horror game in the style of the mangaka Junji Ito, who is an incredibly famous horror manga artist, um, best known for. He's one of the few people who I think utilize the fact that he's in a book well. Because you know the tension of, like, there is a scary thing behind a door in a video game and you don't want to go through Mm -hmm. because the anticipation of what it's going to be is terrible. Yes. Or just that feeling of don't go in there. Don't go in there. He does that, but but he times it so you have to turn the page in order to do it. Oh, that's fun. So he has the tension play out for full panels, full panels, full panels. And you know, because it's slowly, incrementally coming into place and you have to be the one to turn the page and get the scare. And it's just a delightfully unsettling style that just creates true horror in essentially the misunderstanding of what you're looking at. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, this takes that style and applies it to titles like Darkest Dungeon or The Oregon Trail. Mm. 
So just like imagine that you have your own little procedural mystery game where you're like, I have to figure out about this rumor of um, the girl at the school who has scissors and she cuts your mouth open if you don't say that she's beautiful. And then you'll have like a little side quest of like explore the town which you can do, but every time that you go to explore something or get more information, a random event will pop up and that could hurt your overall stats or that could go, ah, you were cursed and are slowly succumbing to your own insanity. And you sort of have to balance your actual physical health and your sanity meter. Mm. Is if either of those bottom out, you're you're donezo. Like, it's absolutely gone. And this game is really, really nicely paced in the sense that it allows you to go through. It's like challenges you to go through like four scenarios in a row, and it will randomly generate them. Okay. Like a lot of sailors have been going out to sea and never coming back. Investigate that. Okay, you survived that, but you saw an old god, and also the god that is ruling over here is getting more power, so um, now your legs don't work as good anymore. Because everyone is cursed and thinks that the ground is sand. Quicksand. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's just... It's like, okay... Now solve the mystery of the videotape where if you watch it, you are initiated into a cult and it feels good if you unalive yourself. You're like, that sounds like the best decision videotape that I'm watching. I'm going to do that right now. And you have to use all of your you have to like sacrifice your stats in order to not fall into the temptation. But if you got the book from earlier on that told you all of the notes that people had taken about the videotape, then you can resist it and you can get like three or four different endings to these mini stories to these like little yeah, because, like, you can get the extra thing, you can not get the extra thing, you can fight it off, you can do it in another way. It's that really interesting thing of simultaneously going for other endings and digging into other runs. And sort of that thing of, like, okay, I need to survive this. My attack... My attack that will kill has a 30% chance to hit, but I don't know if I can afford it to take a hit if I use my weaker attack. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Just that sort of... Because combat plays out like a turn-based RPG. Yeah, sort of. Yeah. yeah. It's... Outside of you not being familiar with um, the visual inspiration, it's a game I feel that you would enjoy quite a bit more than me. Oh, okay. I mean, I I do really adore this art stuff. I'm staring at it this entire time. Oh, it's, yeah, it's, it's captivating. Me. And it's also so fun to see, like, okay, there's little things moving in the background. Just being like, oh, mm-hmm. this isn't real. This seems fun. Yes. But it's that sort of just multi-run, darkest dungeon FTL feel of, like, slowly gathering things and realizing, oh, God, I am so screwed with this. But more as like a like kind would... of deal. Yeah. Yeah, you're selling me hard. Yeah. Like, I will be honest, this is not a game that I am personally going to sink a ton of time into. It's not... Hmm. 
it's a lot of time that feels not necessarily cruel in the same way Darkest Dungeon is, which is like more positional based, but feels more procedurally based. Where okay. like it's mainly based on its stats and roles and dealing with them and mitigating losses rather than Darkest Dungeon, which is more reactive, I feel. Okay, no, I, I feel you, you feel like you have a little more control over what goes wrong and like being be able to react to it. In yes. Dungeon. Okay, yeah, I'm following. I'm following. Yes. Or Darkest Dungeon is more about adapting to the short term, whereas I think World of Horror and FTL are more about the long term plan, I would say. I think that's fair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I like that less. But that is simply to appeal to me. If this is something that feels like it would interest you, and I would recommend it to you specifically, Duke, then I would go for it. Because, like, this is immaculate at what it does. All right. I am actually going to write that down because this does speak to me. Yeah. That's what we do. That's what we want. <laughs> okay. Um... Let's see. I then played a game called Princess Maker 2 Refine. And this is a game that I actually have quite a bit of history with. Um, the original Princess Maker 2 was released in 1993. And the company went under very, very quickly. So this, the original version of this game was shareware for the longest time. Mm -hmm. And there was a time where I was quite poor quite unable to afford anything so having a game that people essentially said yeah it is legally okay for you to take this right now and just play it was like oh thank god and my shitty computer that can barely limp through warcraft 3 can run this that's amazing mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um so to break down what this game is, is it's... How do I put this best? I have... I do remember a, a long time ago a video from Peanut Butter Gamer about this specific game. So I do kind of understand what it is. It's... God, I don't know how to describe it either. <laughs> right. It's like... Tokameki Memorial... By way of Harvest Moon. Or to put it simply, the social parts of every Persona game. Uh, the idea I, is I, I, that. I was going to say a Tamagotchi, that you, but it's actually a person that you raise, but I think that's a little also better. Also, <laughs> that. Uh, the idea is that uh, you have. You're given a daughter by the gods, and they're like, hey. You're a great hero. Raise this daughter. Make her really cool, okay? And then you have to sort of decide what she is doing for... You schedule out her schedule 10 days at a time. So, like, you go, okay, for 10 days, you are going to work on a farm. For 10 days, you are going to study military strategy. For 10 days, you are going to goof off and have fun. Mm -hmm. And just placing those out and... With the idea of eventually talking to enough people, raising her social status so that she can have a good life. And let me tell you, this game is certainly a CRPG styled game wherein you will 
go, okay, you can go to the farm and she will screw up at her job and she will only make like 12 gold and then she will stop doing her job and then your butler will go, your daughter has turned into a delinquent and you go, what? Why? (laughs) And then you look up some stats and you realize it's because you didn't send her to church so her morals are too low. So you need to raise her morals so that she knows not to mess up and but she also needs stamina so you need to raise her stamina by going to the farm but the farm raises her stress level by 3 per day and if her stress level exceeds her morality or her stamina then she'll either refuse to work or has a chance of getting sick which means that you have to spend more money and suddenly you are out of money and unable to do anything except send her to the farm which she won't do because she is too stressed and she just robbed you of a hundred dollars so that she could buy a doll for herself because she's a delinquent because you're a terrible parent you know what this sounds like a pretty accurate parenting simulator (laughs) but then you get in And then you understand what you're doing. And I realized, oh, no. Oh, no, I think I love this game. (laughs) Because eventually you get into a system of like, okay, I figured out how to pass this step. Now this other job is open to me. She failed at being a hairdresser. What would improve hairdressing ability? Art and sensitivity. I've taken her to art classes. I am out of the ability to work at the art class right now. So, But I'm going to use her art skills to make her better at masonry. And I will use the masonry class, but the masonry class is making her less elegant. So I will take her to dance classes so that that will offset the cost of that. But I still have to take her to the initial class that I want her to have. And obviously having some combat classes on top of that would be a benefit. But I'm running out of money. So I guess I will send her into the woods to fight monsters and find some treasure chests. Because also there's a dungeon crawling aspect. And this is the only Princess Maker game that has dungeon crawling. How old is this child when this happens? Um, 10? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, What a bizarre game. I will admit, uh, this game is very, oh, this was made in the 90s. Um, Your child does, in fact, have a bust stat. Because, of course... (laughs) It only affects one role in the game, which is, will this old dragon find you attractive and give you sexy panties? But at the same time, my daughter killed a dragon, saved an oasis because we ripped off a merchant and allowed a fairy to be born by placing it into the holy um, oasis. Then we went to the demon's abode. Uh, She took a nap she woke up and the devil was there and he was like hey kid what's up do you want to drink and she was like nah i don't want to drink and he's like dude you have some cool morals i'm going to raise one of your stats but give me some of your morality and my daughter's like okay cool make me really strong and then i use the strength from the devil to go to the war god and i beat the war god and then venus was at the top of the stairs that the war god was guarding and she said i'm going to make wow you shouldn't have met me uh this is heaven you shouldn't be here yet i'm going to give you 100 points in elegance right now go back down and then the war god was like that was really cool here's my sword i'm going to go be dead now 
And then I used the War God Sword to win the combat tournament, and everyone was very impressed and said I was a really good dad. Yes, that that sounds like the life of a child that has been impeccably raised. In my top 100? Yes. I had such a blast with this game. It is not for everyone. But, like, if you want to experience the social sim aspect of Persona with only slightly less creepiness, but still slightly less, and also you only want it to take, like, seven hours instead of 70... I, I need to know what is getting booted off of your list for this one. I don't know. Like, I don't know. Probably a bad game like Chrono Trigger or something. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know. We'll, we'll go over it. I, I'm waiting. I'm waiting for a year to pass since we updated the list. Yeah, no, it's same time. Before I do anything, but I have it on my short list of no, this is going on. But yeah, um, the games are terribly translated as well, so there's some fun yes. with that. Um, I believe 1, 2, 3, and 5 are available on Steam. I don't know why 4 isn't available. Uh, the remake of 3 that's on Steam is also worse than the regular version of 3. Uh, from what I understand, 2 and 5 are the good ones. And that the rest of them are all the black sheep of the franchise. And mm -hmm. I think 2 is getting a remake remake uh, this December. Oh, okay. So if you are interested, I think the shareware version is still out there. So you can go ahead and wrangle that. Um, I don't really recommend Refine all that much. I It kind of smooths out the original PC graphics and the sprite work just looks kind of... You know when they give an HD version and they just kind of smear the sprites? Oh, God, that was Heroes of Might and Magic, and it's the... It yeah. just looks like mud. The, the only addition is that they have Japanese voice acting, and that sounds nice when your daughter is telling you, like, Father, thank you. You know, there is a lot of difficulties, but I really appreciate our time together thank you and you're like oh i actually feel kind of nice why did you become a writer is it because i sent you to one poetry <laughs> class should have should have gotten into medicine instead man that's that's like i tried she figure. went to so many science classes but she did one poetry class she aced all four of the tournaments in this game okay she was amazing at combat she was the best artist in the world she was the best at cooking and she was the best at dancing she was incredible a quadruple threat but, but because she took one poetry class she became a novelist yeah it, it poetry's dangerous man it's like drugs you gotta keep your kids away from it that one decision moved an entire decimal point on how much gold she can make for the rest of her life uh, yeah poetry is like drugs you have too much and you die Uh, glad it was uh, fun. I've, heard, I've always heard this is a goofy game. Yeah, it's it's a game that I thought I would go like, okay, let's let's give this a fair judgment now that I'm older, and just like see where it lies, and then me realize, oh no, I oh no, I I feel like I did when I was fourteen. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, I'm 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 addicted. Not 
people will know the name of Sadoko Gex. <laughs> of House Gex. Oh, you, you, you took someone from house kicks to a poetry class. You're just asking for disaster. Well, the, well, the god said I was an awesome father oh, because okay, she okay. she married a really fancy knight because like everyone loved her. She was so popular that the king was like, you should talk to other people. I am beneath you. <laughs> OK, then. you are so good at fighting. <laughs> Ah, uh, okay, moving on, because I will keep talking about this. Because, like, little moments like that just get me every time. No, that's fair, that's fair. Um, I got a comment on the Diddy Kong Racing video I did on Crunch that said that, um, you know, there was another rare racing game on the N64. There and was. Ludwig von Drake is like, if Crunch were good. So I was like, I'll bet I could make a video out of this. Um, so there was enough to talk about in this game that I do, in fact, have a script written about it now. Yes, and that, that is Mickey's Speedway USA. I love this game so much. <clears throat> this is my favorite. Well, you know, I probably should put this on my top 100. I love this game. Do you really love this game? Yeah, this is this. I was playing this right alongside Kirby 64 when I was a kid. It was, it was this. Oh, my God. Hey, you Pikachu, which is not on my top 100 and Kirby 64. <laughs> This game, this game is wild because at first I touched it and I was like, this game ain't shit. This game is nothing. This game is for babies. Mm -hmm. There's no power sliding. You, you just take lines. It's very simple. It's very straightforward. And the items all suck. Mm. Uh, I'm not wrong. The items no, do that's, all suck. That's that fair. That's fair. That's fair. They're all really bad. I'm like, Pete is going to cruise through this game nice and easy. And then I get to intermediate mode and I'm like, oh, no. Oh, no. Everyone is kicking my ass. Oh, no. Life is terrible right now. I have to do every race perfectly. And you only get two continues. Only two. And if you get fifth or sixth, you die. Indeed. And I go, oh, no, that's going to be hard. I don't think I'm going to unlock Ludwig von Drake. I don't think I can get there. And then you unlock Louie. Yes. And then that the game. bastard. The game stops being challenging at all. Everything that you learned earlier, all of the lines you figured out, unlearn them. All of them. Just play the game, hold the button, steer the boy, and he gets to the end every single time. The game isn't even a challenge anymore. Nope, not even a little bit. It is pathetic. Unlock the fourth course set. Easy. Washington, D.C., no problem. We've conquered the White House. It's great. One nation under Louis Duck. Hit Malibu, it it's be. a little rocky, but you cruise through it eventually. And then you unlock Frantic Finale. And you realize, oh no. Oh, oh. Louis isn't the cheat code. He is necessary. <laughs> 
because I get to just Hawaii and I realize, oh, oh, this is really hard. Oh, these coconuts just stop you and then you lose. Mm hmm. But then you're like, OK, I'm going through it. I'm getting through it. I'm, I'm managing. I, I survive. How bad can Oregon be? You never ask how bad Oregon being can be. Oregon I would like to apologize to you everyone who has ever lived in Oregon. <laughs> Your morning commute is the scariest thing in the world. You all are masters of masculinity and or femininity in the sense that you are the best at cars that I have ever seen. Your ability to drive over a bridge that should not exist, that should exist as a shortcut for insane people to take, but is required in every single lap. And if you fall off of it once, you Start lose over. the ability to play the game. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God. And like I can feel the Diddy Kong Racing DNA. I know how to take these lines. These are literally assets from greenwood village i recognize them mm -hmm. and just knowing wow this game is so so much worse than diddy kong racing no that's fair that's fair i don't know if it's a very good game i just love it <laughs> and then i'm like okay okay don't worry america can't be all that bad and then the word texas pops up and i go fuck <laughs> but then texas isn't that bad it's actually pretty fun and i'm like okay what do you consider to be the rainbow road of America? What is the greatest possible challenge that this game could offer? And then it goes, Colorado. I'm like, okay. Have you seen those mountains, man? It's scary. I've been on them for a very long time now. I'm very well acquainted. <laughs> um, That is the meanest track. It is so mean that the computer actively cannot drive on it and will just drive off of the road because they are not programmed to be able to handle those turns. Hmm. Make sure this is in the background for footage just because it is a ridiculous... Like, the map is just... Just... That one bottom left just... Shoop. It is the most insane course design I have ever seen. I don't know why they chose this Mickey Mouse game to go, we hate children and we want them to suffer. Now, I, I remember spending hours upon hours trying to get through it. Oh, God, that little ice bridge that you have to jump over. Oh, you don't have to jump over it. That's optional. But, like, where else are you going to use the spritzer? No, exactly. Because... Because you use the turbo boost anywhere else and you die. Instantly. So I've never played a game where the difficulty curve goes. Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> I've never had it peak in the middle and then at the 75% point go, if this is a baby game that is easier than easy mode. Mm -hmm. And then immediately go to this game has made me its bitch. <laughs> I don't know what to say on this. I don't think it's a good game. I think it's a step down from Diddy Kong Racing in like every way. 
But isn't it so interesting, though? Yes! It is fascinating! Uh, I, I remember being so pissed off by this game. Because I think to unlock... I think... What's the red duck? Huey? Huey. Huey. Yeah, you, you can't unlock Huey. I think you had to, like, connect something, you need, or something like that. Yeah, you need the Game Boy Color game and to connect the transfer pack. Yeah, which I just upset me so much i was so excited to get okay i know these characters and we did all three triplets and then it was the professor and it was just like wait but i've that's that's the whole game but wh 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 where's my third duck yeah he's there he's, it's this, the professor this has been a nightmare of a 99 percent completion for my entire life well all you need to do, you can do it at any time all you need to do is I find a an copy of gbc the worst part is Huey is actually statistically the best to handle that final. I know! <laughs> I looked it up! <laughs> so yeah, um, this is a game. If it's on your top 100, how? Pure nostalgia. I, I need to download and play this again because i'm remembering the joy but i'm also looking at this playing these tracks and be like wow there's just not a lot here but wow those turns though uh-huh no is the feeling of oh god oregon how can it get worse than this <laughs> color i see ah <laughs> uh, thank you for bringing this this was a delightful blast from my past absolutely Please let me know if you want to edit that video specifically for me. <laughs> I might. <laughs> we'll see. All right. All right. I think I'll do one more and then pass it over to you. Okay. Okay. And then I have two more after that. Um, so I also played through, because this came out of Early Access as well, Slay the Princess. I remember you talking about this, like, yes. a year and a half ago. Yes. And it has been now fully released. Um, so what I said previously was this is a game that sort of like remembers your choices wherein you go into a cabin and you're tasked with killing a princess. And depending on what you do in that cabin, you will be looped back and then have to do it again. But you will gain a Disco Elysium voice in your head mm -hmm. that is also voiced by Jonathan Sims. <laughs> Who is also the narrator and is also you. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, this now gives that like a proper endgame and proper continuations for it. Mm -hmm. And it's hard for me to continue speaking about the game without sort of playing its hand. But it is it is that combination of novelty of just seeing where you can push things and the game very much knowing that is what you are doing. Mm -hmm. and either punishing or playing with you for that combined with an actually pretty strong meta narrative and like gosh the visual stylization of this game is beautiful it is necessary for some of the macabre depictions that they go with some of the playing with surreality that it goes with. Oh, absolutely. I'm just looking at the room with the door on the windows and the way that all the pencil lines are just ever so slightly dancing around. 
gives yes. a really just unsettling vibe to the whole experience. In every loop where you go back there, the design of that room will change based on your actions. The design of the princess so like, as well, right? Yes. Yes, absolutely. But that is like the first step to tell you what you have done and what has changed in this given loop. Mm -hmm. And there's just like some delightful things like you're looking at this table and you're going like, that perspective is not correct. And then the narrator will go and to the side is a table with legs, all different lengths, unsettlingly, somehow still in the room. <laughs> and then you go, ah, I get it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, who's my favorite voice real quick? Gosh, which is the one that just wants to fight? I loved him. Ah, oh gosh. I, I remember watching a playthrough of this. I know the hero's gung-ho about taking down the princess, but I don't think it's quite... No, it's... It's, it's, it, it's like the... Voice of the Cheated or something, I think it is. Mm. Like, because he just feels screwed. He's like, okay, okay, this time, this time we take the knife. Okay, this time we take the knife and we throw it. Okay? Because she can't react fast enough. And she's like, that is cheating. That is the worst. Mm. I hate this. Um, my gosh, the stories that I went through in this were just absolutely delightful. Um, it is a game where you will not see everything in a single playthrough. And that can be frustrating because you will get to the end of this game and you will feel that you are missing something from it. You are oh. missing, like, a satisfying conclusion from it because it is impossible to parse all of the information that you need. Now, obviously, multiple playthroughs will, you know, heal this and fix this. But due to the formatting of the game, it sort of robs you of the natural narrative flow in order to better commit to what it's trying to do. I was going to say, do you have to, like, do the whole process over again once you complete the game? It's kind of like a break default sort of deal. Yes, but there are enough permutations that you can probably do unique permutations. The issue is just like if you are looking for that closure and you're like, no, I have to see the ghost princess now. Okay, gosh, it really is such an unsettling design. Just like massive eyes, huge shadows over the eyes, and just the slight dancing of the pencil drawings. Mm -hmm. Like she's not scary, but it's just just that uncanny valley crippling up your back. Mm -hmm. But yeah, otherwise, fantastic voice performances by Jonathan Sims and oh gosh, what is her name? I had it in my head this morning. Uh, Slay the princess. I think it's like Nicole Goodnight. That was it. Fantastic okay. stage name. Or just name in general, if not stage name, but fantastic. Mm -hmm. Just does a tremendous job. They do so much with like vocal layering on it. Cause like if you get like a dead princess, she'll have her lines all disparaged and whatnot. And then a second track where she is whispering it slightly off synced with the rest of it, which creates this incredible echo effect that I love that gives you this combination of like dispassioned and incredibly defeatedly passioned. Mm. 
Like, for all this game does, it has polished it to a mere sheen. And if it interests you, go for it, please. At least watch a playthrough. It is... It's it's too interesting to just let pass by. Mm-hmm. Voice of the Skeptic. Skeptic is good. He was my final soldier. Um, and I just want everyone to know, I did in fact get the ending where you fist fight the princess, and I fist fought so good, you guys. <laughs> I was so good at getting punched in the face. <laughs> and then getting punched in the place where the face should be. Oh. And then getting punched in the, there's not much left there, oh god. Even she's a little not into it now. Unless punching, just being like, okay, let's just brush this away, brush this away. Okay. And I got the achievement, and the achievement was titled, I Didn't Hear No Bell. <laughs> nice. <laughs> it was great. Alrighty, I'm going to take a break so you do the rest of yours because my next two will probably take a while. Okay. I will do both of them because I don't think this will take especially long. Alright, let me get the background stuff for it because probably the big game that everybody here cares about that came out this month is uh, Super Mario Wonder. I got that. Played that. We're we're in the weird position where you have played it and I have not. Yeah, I was about to say. Just like, what happened there? I like, wanted I, to do I, other I don't things. traditionally like 2D Mario's very much. Like, I, I have tried them. I had, a bit of, I had a bit of fun with, like, the Wii one. That was more playing with siblings than anything else. Mm -hmm. But, like, they, they've never hooked me. Just seeing what Wonder is doing. All the absurd things, the little flowers, the new style... Like, pushing past, like, self-imposed limits, like, just not having Daisy or Yoshi playable, like, those really weird, mm -hmm. just rules they would never break. Like, it, right. it, it was it was attention-grabbing. Like, it felt like there was, like, a fresh new start for the series. Yeah. Yeah. And and playing through this has reaffirmed that. So this game is absolutely gorgeous. It controls flawlessly. The music is so charming. Uh, sound design is great, although the jumps annoy me just a little bit. Very high. Very just abrupt. And you do it a lot. It's kind of such a great idea when you get, yeah. Anyways, but I cannot stress how delightful the wonder flowers make the game. It makes every level so exciting that just wondering what all the crazy things are going to do this time around. Will will enemies burst into song? Will I become the enemy? Maybe the level will fill with water. Maybe it'll turn upside down. You just never know. And it's really fun. Uh, am I to understand every level has a unique one? Uh, from what I saw, yes. Everything is okay. unique in some way. All right. I was wondering if it was unique or if it was like there's a group of like 15 wonder flowers that I, rotate I out. I do know that certain ideas are like expanded upon later, but they're the ideas you want to be expanded upon later. Okay. All right. And most of them seem unique. And it's it's just in that moment, just basking in an experience that's so full of passion, so so wonderfully designed that I just have to sit there just sit back and think to myself, so this must mean that on a fundamental level, I just don't like Mario, do I? 
<laughs> I cut the music out and everything. This guy said that too. Well done. This isn't me saying that this is a bad game. Everything I just said is absolutely true. This is wonderfully designed. I think for the people that this game is designed for, fantastic. You're going to love it. Mm-hmm. But this is me realizing that this franchise is probably just never going to be for me. There's a few things I value in the games I play that Mario in general is just missing. Mario is missing all t- <laughs> Look at you. You're so proud of yourself. I am very proud of myself. I haven't had any controversial things on this podcast. I'm very excited. Uh, for one, I can't bring myself to care about these worlds of any Mario game, really. The game is never going to have me learn anything meaningful about... Like, world building's very important to me, and there's just... There's nothing here to latch onto. It's not going to develop in any interesting ways. The levels aren't going to connect or tell a story. Like, the, the, uh, good example, the Tropical Freeze polar bear level where you got the whole... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Juicy that, Jungle. That, that yes. kind of stuff. I love that kind of stuff, but Mario levels feel so... How do I say this? They're obstacle courses. Yeah, Mario is a game that's for better and worse, is designed to be the gamiest video game that ever did games. And for what it's trying to do, that's fantastic. But, like, I play I play video games because, like, the reason I love them is that it feels like a mishmash of, uh, like, every other art form I love. It brings together music and visual stories, and visual just art styles and storytelling, mm-hmm. all these things, and meshes them together into an interactive medium that lets the player experience all of this at once. Mario is focused solely on that interactivity side of it, what makes a game a game, which it's the best at doing that. I think it's well, one of the best at doing that. But, like, I, I want the other pieces, too, and Mario just doesn't have them. Like, for a similar reason... I don't entirely agree with you in that assessment. Uh, for instance, uh, Super Mario World in specific, having basically the same song playing through the game was a conscious choice on the composer, Koji Kondo, Mm -hmm. who was like, this game is about having a progressive interconnected world, is about exploring this world, and he wanted to play with the motif of that world, the constant backing instrument of a da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-
this is a Mario game. This is going to be kind of just... The level All design right. is the most important thing. I, see, I, I, I think it should be in a Mario game. Like, that, that checks out to me. Uh, did you play Sunshine? Uh, I did play Sunshine. It's my favorite Mario game. That that tracks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. Because, like, you were saying all of these things, and I'm like, if he has not played Mario Sunshine, he's going to feel really dumb. Yeah, which, like, that that might have, like, poisoned my, like, expectations for Mario, I guess. Because I do <laughs> genuinely love Delfino Island and just how everything changes as you go through the levels. Like, this is this is scratching that itch that I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. Like, the, the conflict is stupid, but it's a conflict I can get invested in. Here, it's just... It's, it's, it's the, the same most immaculately one. voice-acted conflict I've ever heard. Yes! It's so stupid! And I love that! <laughs> uh, I, I think I could get over it if I enjoyed the gameplay, but I think it's another layer where I just... Uh, how do I put this part... I need another layer on top of it. I need some of that, like, precision combat of, like, the Metroids and the Hollow Knights or some mm-hmm. roguelike or running gun or, or, or just something. Like, I I go through 2D platformers. I'm kind of just feeling like, okay, but where's, where's, where's the next half? Which I think that's just more of a me problem than anything else. It's just not the kind of gameplay for me. No, no, no. It's, it's a bit understandable because... Once you are familiar and acquainted with the basic challenge that Mario has offered to you, then you want further iteration. Uh, For years, the continuation of the Mario series has been its power-ups. Like, where do I go when I get exceptional at this? Like, well, you learn how to best use the raccoon leaf. You learn Mm -hmm. how best to use the cape feather. That is supposed to sort of be the eventual end goal. Um I would say starting with new Super Mario Brothers, they often lean into more hyper specialization rather than a pure speedrunning thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which to, to NSMB's credit, I do love the shell. I know I'm in the minority that I love the shell, but it feels like I am playing a completely different game, and I love that game. Yeah, I I remember the new that shell as well. That was enjoyable. Uh, mm-hmm. th- this might be a hot take. I actually kind of hate Mario power-ups, I've learned. Especially the Fire Flower. Like, I hate how Fire, the Fire Flower, Flower I can feels. See. It's outside of Fire Galaxy. Gal- Galaxy's Fire Flower was fun. Like, that actually had some, like, solid sound design and impact, and it was fun mm-hmm. watching it bounce around the... But, like, he's just a limp eight-year-old baseball throw that makely bounces... I like it when it's super baby. When it's, like, the SNES sound where it goes, quick, quick. Yeah, yeah. It's just, sometimes you hit enemies and it takes like five hits to get bring them down. It's just... there. There's no a, feedback on the on the fireballs. I agree. I'd, I'd rather just have the extra life. It kind of, it, it's a weird way where it's simultaneously not very satisfying combat while simultaneously making all the other enemies just kind of non-obstacles because you're just clearing the game in front of you but just at a slower pace so it's not as fun to dodge around them. Mm-hmm. I, I will say that the Wonder Fruits do provide like that extra layer I'm looking for, but mm-hmm. it unfortunately creates this feedback loop where I'm only playing through the levels to get to those fruits, and it creates a sense of huge disappointment when the fruits end. And there's a lot more mm-hmm. level 
then there was fruits, and I eventually, the lows lasted longer than the highs, and I just got burnt out. Do, like, the badges not assuage this somewhat? Do they not help eh, this? Because really. that's, that's why I was, oh. Because I, I was get looking further. for that. Because, like, the reason I didn't initially buy the game is just that I know what Mario is. I know Mario is good. And unless someone is going to hit me with the wowie zowie, which I know this game does, but, like, I need to feel the wowie zowie. I don't need Mario to tell me that it's wowie zowie. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Then, like, obviously I'm going to eventually play it, but it's not my immediate priority to play the new mario 2d platformer and what i heard from it was that the combination of the wonder fruits and the badges were doing a lot to make more unique environments for mario and more unique individual challenges that might be the case i might just not have gotten far enough to really feel the mix all right i don't want to disparage it from like it's just not doing enough. I may have just burnt out too quickly, but no, no, I, I'm, not, I'm not like criticizing or anything. I'm just saying that is what I, I had co- a combination of heard and hoped. So, hmm. oh, I, I don't want anyone to come across this and be like, oh yeah, this is a bad game. It's not. It's just not for me. No, no, I, I get it, but I think like it's interesting to explore as to why. Hmm. Hmm. And also, it's fun to go, it is not for me. <laughs> Peasants. Uh, You're amused with Mario. I was... I'm bred on finer stock. And then I pull out Crash 4 from the background, and you go, OMG, Crash High. No, yeah, that's a good one. That that that, yeah. that That's the game I'm looking for. <laughs> no, I, I can't wait for the point where I just make you play all the Crash games, and you, like, have a second childhood. <laughs> Uh, and you are like, Dr. Embryo would have been my obsession at age six. <laughs> I, I will say, um, even then, it was kind of lackluster because Rayman Legends did it better. But there were a couple of Wonder Fruits that are like musical levels. Mm-hmm. Those are phenomenal. If that was all of them, I, that would have carried the game for me on its own. So you know I, I felt in the same way. I felt like it was just straightforward platforming. So you kind of cut out there. Can you say it one more time? Oh, yes. Uh, Legends didn't stick for me because I felt similarly. It was straightforward platforming. That's interesting. Like there were individual levels that I liked, but it was all dreamlike sequences that didn't really stream into one another. It was disconnected. What what I'm feeling, what you're feeling from Wonder, I feel like I felt with Rayman Legends. I, I, I can totally see that as well. Hmm, where, where is the difference for me then? Um, Nostalgia. Oh yeah. Well, first of all, probably yeah. It's just Rayman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I I think it for Rayman Legends has like Wonder Fruit areas that last a lot longer. I feel okay. Like, like stuff right. like the game turned into a duck and just giant luchadors chasing after you while they're eating through cheese that you're trying to tunnel through. Like it, it, okay. It just gets insaner, and I appreciate the... I, I feel like I'm getting the Rayman Legends zaniness when the Wonder Fruits activates with more interesting gameplay. If I could like, fuse these two games together, that would be the 2D platformer for me. Okay. 
don't know. I think that's all I have to say about it. Actually, no, that's not all I have to say about it. I looked up the final boss, which I will not spoil. But was that it? Probably. After all the insanity? Like, I, I, I respect what the idea was, but... That, that I, was... I, I don't know what it is, but if you're underwhelmed by a Mario final boss, welcome. Where have you been? <laughs> okay, fair. Very fair. Uh, all right. Now, real quickly, just do my last one, and you can get the last one of yours. Because after that, well, not after that, during that, I went to go play a game I absolutely know I adore. Because I have, I've still been playing Monster Hunter Generations, but not to a point, not to a point, I have some more to say about it. However, I was talking to my brother about Monster Hunter, and he told me that he didn't feel the itch to jump back into the franchise, which <laughs> led me to buy Monster Hunter World for the third time so I could play it with him on PC. Nice. And I forgot how absolutely perfect this game is. Just the moment you walk out into the ancient forest, and it's just... You see this entire world sprawled out in front of you with all the little critters and beasts and bugs and birds. Plant life swaying in the wind with the sound design selling this place is alive. You just feel like like you walked straight into the Cretaceous period. It's amazing. I mentioned last time that an issue I had with this game was that while the massive the areas feel massive and interconnected, uh on a kind of like a meta level compared to the older games, because the older games have like loading screens between them, right? So it gets a sense that you're traveling. Mm -hmm. It gets a sense that the monsters are a little too close together. Like it kind of gamifies it just a little bit. I'm like, okay, like you got 20 apex predators in the same spot and it just feels a little odd. But when mm -hmm. you're in the middle of it, oh, this feels like the biggest world I've ever been in video games, which, you know, bizarre. It's a fraction of the size of open world games, but right. I think where this game does so well that other games fail to do is that other games just try to sell you on, okay, this world is big, but Monster Hunter World tries to sell you on, okay, this ecosystem is massive, All and right. that just creates layers upon layers upon layers. That, okay, you're only seeing this fraction of it, but this is just sprawling across the entire world. Mm -hmm. I think it breathes just so much more world into everything. Just every little nook and cranny. You see, like, oh, there's a little bug right there. You wouldn't see that bug anywhere else in the world, but it's here because this is... Just, oh! I love this game. I love this game so much. Uh, especially uh. when considering how much the player can interact with the world. Um, Older and even the newest games, to be fair, they, they give you the areas to explore, but you can't really do much with them mm -hmm. but here just in the first level you'll have like trees that are covered in vines if you knock a monster into it the vines will entangle them you'll have like get underneath the tree where rock the roots are intertwined with huge rocks and you can knock the roots down to knock the rocks down you'll find mm -hmm. like little bugs and critters like here, here's a toad that if you spook it it'll like release a poisonous gas or these poison plants you can knock off and it'll just create a floor of poison everywhere there's smaller raptors that your felines can tame to fight with you it's 
you are given so many tools to uh, not only exist in this environment, but to interact with it, which just, which just feeds back into that loop of, okay, this world is just alive. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think a huge part of that that I think kind of went under the radar is that Monster Hunter World added this, like, wrist slingshot kind of deal that you could just pick up rocks or whatever just to load into it and fire whenever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Scorpion is very cool. <laughs> exactly, exactly. But it allows the hunter to have a wider area of effect in the environment without actually giving the hyper-crazy mobility of Rise and Sunbreak that lets them be anywhere in the environment. It's like, mm-hmm. you, can, you can poke that toad to create the paralyzing gas, but you can't just dash over instantly, poke it, and dash away, which grounds the fights a lot more than in Rise, and creates this nice balance between the older and the newer styles of gameplay. Yeah. Forgive me for not commenting on oh, this no, as fervently I, 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 as I, I did know with I Mario. I know I am speaking Arabic right now for you. That's <laughs> fine. Don't No, don't I, I, get, I get the gist of what you're saying, but... It, it's Please just, understand, I'm going, yeah, neat. I support you, friend. <laughs> it's okay. I've had this many times. Uh, is there any, both me and my brother are like fairly good at this game, so we're... Progressing pretty far without upgrading our armor at all, which mm-hmm. I just, I cannot stress enough how good Monster Hunter's difficulty scaling is in this way, as how much that you want to, like, build yourself up to stay on the same level as the monsters you're facing. Mm-hmm. It's essentially a, a totally customizable difficulty slider scale. All right. Because, like, we're both pretty good. So we still are up against, like, the mid-lower-tier monsters with just what we started off wearing. Mm -hmm. Which turns, like, what should be a fairly easy battle against this giant fire-breathing T-Rex into this 20-minute nail-biter that just drains you of all your resources, and we've died twice, and if we hit one more time, we're gonna die, and just win by the skin of our teeth, and it's just... Ah, it's so good. Uh, Do have one major complaint, though. Do have one major complaint, and I do need to talk about that. Okay. Well, I don't need to, but it's it's fun to rag on this. The NPC companion is so annoying. This is this is the Navi of uh, the Monster Hunter series, which I oh, feel isn't bad she like about. that cute like trainee. No, girl? no, she's adorable, but she's just always getting you into trouble. She never shuts up, and there's a slight uncanny valley to I, th- I think it's her eyes to just get this kind of just bore into the back of your brain that just gets a little odd oh come on come on you have to like her like don't thought, you just look at I her and go I like did. you i thought like, i absolutely Aw. adored her I, I, you're I, the cute anime girl version of scrappy do <laughs> that's on point how can you not love that no, but okay, okay, because I, I was thinking that same thing. I was like, I was remembering this, like, aha, I feel like people were being too mad about her. But then, beginning of the game, your whole party gets separated from, like, the main hunter guild by this literal walking volcano. You get separated from your loyal feline sidekick who you've been with through thick and thin. You reunite with that feline sidekick back at home base. And what happens? Does he run up to hug you? No! 
this random handler person that you've known for all of five minutes steals your cat hug. What the fuck? Let me hug my buddy. It'd be so cute for the trailer, though. And she steals moments like that all the time. Just let me have my bond She's with the my face guy. of the franchise. No! <laughs> She's the champ who runs the camp. I know it's a small thing to get annoyed by, but it really gets to me. <laughs> we have to push Handler. She's so cute. Uh, I, I do think she gets memed on a little too harshly. But, like, there is a problem there. There's a reason that, like, halfway through the expansion, you get a much calmer handler that takes over while she's been separated from you. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, oh, wow, you're actually professionally helping me. And, like, you're not running headfirst into the monster and I have to save you. Like, this is, this actually feels really good. You remind me of the, the Monster Hunter 4 handler. I think they were trying to do threes again. Who's, okay. Who is just the best character of the entire franchise. But, like, threes wasn't... Like, putting you in danger, and it's... I, I don't know. I don't know. She didn't steal my hugs from Cha-Cha. From I love Cha-Cha. I want Cha-Cha to come back. Apart from that... Apart from that small blemish, though, it, it, this is... I would argue the most beautiful game I've ever played. And that was the point where my webcam's driver crashed and the stream failed as I blue-screened. I'll edit this back together, but there was like 30 seconds that are missing because of that. Sorry about that. Okay, let me get back to the thing. Because me and my brother just decided for the lulls that the characters we were going to create were Miguel and Tulio from Road to El Dorado. Which has okay, perfect. the entire experience in the best possible way. Just constantly spouting quotes from the movie while fighting, and there is no better feeling <laughs> than trying to line up a finishing combo on a monster to the timeline of Miguel and Tulio, Tulio and Miguel, mighty and powerful gods. <laughs> Just rivers of joy. Beautiful from the whole experience. Beauty. Okay. Okay, now 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 I'm done. That, I, my my okay. annoyance at the handler stealing my cat hug literally killed my webcam. Let's get to the rest. Great. Yep. All right. Almost done with video <laughs> games, guys. It only takes us two hours to finish our friggin' months of games. Um, I finally got to play Hi-Fi Rush. Yes, I am so happy. Awesome. Uh, this game is friggin' beautiful. It is like insanely amazing. Just the stylization, the ability that it has to transition from its animated sequences directly into gameplay is fantastic. Um, the sense of stylization, the movement of everything in its world is beautiful. I'm up to the Zanzo fight. I've beaten him. Oh, yes. I enjoy that. Oh, I enjoyed it quite a bit. <laughs> um, this game is great. I don't think it's better than great. Aww. Okay, but um, I want to hear why. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I hate to deflate it, but I was expecting an action game, and I got a Lego game. <laughs> really? The feeling of this game is so, so similar to Lego game progressions because you have very short sprints of combat and then most of it is platforming around an area and collecting a bunch of stuff. 
and like that's good that is enjoyable it's just not what was you know advertised to me by everyone but then once i got like into the groove of it i was like okay yeah this is nice and i think the game is pitifully easy what difficulty are you playing at just out of curiosity hard hard okay okay hard i don't really like rhythm master because i don't like that it makes the precision of the 4-4 beat more strict mm-hmm. that's not what i would want what i the fact that this game runs on a 4-4 beat constantly is incredibly incredibly well considered mm-hmm. because that keeps everything at a steady pace it makes it actually accessible if it were at any other pace it would kind of be a nightmare but also i want that because unfortunately it makes tells and everything else kind of you learn it and then you're set forever like there is no real variation to the game because you simply just have to time your omni dodge or your parry to the beat that will be coming your actual interactions with your enemies are very limited. And I found for a majority of the game, it was much better to simply hit the button in time with the rhythm than it was to go after individual enemies. Interesting. Okay, okay. I'd be curious to see how that evolves as the amount and difficulty of the enemies expands later on in the game. Well, see, that's also an issue I have with the game, because when Chai gets hit, my man just takes it. Like, there is no strong fail state in Hi-Fi Rush. Because you have to keep the beat going. There's natural progression. If an enemy hits you from the side while you're doing another action, well, that wouldn't feel good to interrupt the beat, so you just kind of get going. So the issue that i have is just you get hit from the side and it's like oh i got hit i didn't feel that i'm still going so i i don't feel like i'm interacting with my enemies very much unless i have broken their guard but i don't personally feel like chai is in much danger during the game of hi-fi rush that makes sense I, i can see that yeah And to me, that kind of sort of mitigates things. Also, I thought it would be a good thing that bosses just set you at the latest part of their pattern. In actually playing the game, I don't like that at all. Because it makes me feel like, okay, I got hit by that one attack. Like, I get hit by Rekka's death suplex and die. And I'm like, okay, great. Cool. I'm ready to go again. I'm right there. She never gets a chance to use it again. Hmm, okay. I don't feel like I learn with Hi-Fi Rush so much as I just hit the buttons really good and things die. And now that I've hit the buttons once, I can hit them a little bit better. And because it doesn't have much variation except for the parry timing windows, which are specific quick time event sequences... just general combat doesn't feel great to me i like hi-fi rush the most when i am wandering around collecting the lego bits 
do you try to switch up like what moves you're using throughout the combos and trying to extend them or is it just like okay i don't really need yeah to because it, yeah because it stales obviously so i want to keep doing different variants of things but usually the best option is just to go for the 44xxxx or x rest xxxx into air combo and then continue on because that allows for the least amount of commitment in brain power so that you can time the dodge better. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, I don't feel like the game is doing enough to better incentivize me to optimize the combos. Because what's going to stop me from hitting the button? And usually in an action game, they'll go like, well, this guy that knocks you halfway across the screen, this guy that gives you a hard knockdown right in your face. But no, just sometimes I'll go like, oh, I died. Okay, Uh, we'll hit the buttons a little better this time and hit dodge more. This is fascinating because I'm I'm trying to put to words... Because like I, I completely agree with you, but I think where my uh, difference of experience comes from is that I treat this less as an action game and more as an actual rhythm game. And doing the same thing in a rhythm game just wouldn't feel as fun. Like if I was doing like um, you ever played like Guitar Hero or something like that, where there's the segments where you can just press whatever buttons you want and get score. Like you can't just mash mm-hmm. the button throughout all of that. But but I he has a satisfying. mash attack. Yeah, but that's not fun. It's freeform enough that's... I guess that's where the difference comes from. This is freeform enough and easy enough that I can just have that fun. I find the simple act of keeping it to the beats to be where the challenge lies, and the fun comes from trying to mix these wacky things together while still keeping that beat going. I I guess my objective Uh, with the game is simply different, is what I'm trying to say. I, I don't know... I feel you. I feel the idea of that. But part of me, first off, feels like attacking the air always feels bad in spite of it being toward the beat. Well, I don't know if I can And I feel like that. I attack the air a lot. <laughs> oh, wait, no. I thought you I misinterpreted that as attacking in the air. Uh, well, I, I do feel like air combos are a little bit wonky, but I do feel that the... Uh, whatever you call it, the snatch. It's it's DMC snatch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That I, feels I good. You enough in a rhythm game sense. And like I asked people, hey, does this game get any harder? Because it feels easy. And my answer was no, except the final boss. I think that's accurate, yes. If you're having an easy time right now, there's one level in uh, the uh, what is it, Mimosa stage, the museum, that gets surprisingly mm-hmm. tough with like an electrified floor, floor that you have to deal with on top of everything else, but... I don't okay, know. that this, sounds this, interesting. This wasn't a game I really played for the difficulty, so I can't... Like, I don't disagree, I just can't really comment. It's more okay. of the novelty of the experience. Okay, keep in mind that I'm saying this and, like, your read that this game was for me personality-wise is 100% on the money. (laughs) And I do love everything about this game except for the depth of its mechanics. 
Mm. And to be fair, I think that this would be a far less accessible game if it were doing the things that would curtail it to me specifically. You know what's interesting? I heard something similar from Maximilian Dude when he was playing through this. So this might be more of a difference of, I barely play any action games and you've probably played a lot more than I have. This this might be just a matter of this is a really good uh, like introductory kind of like okay this is kind of what the genre is like. Do you think there's any merit to that? I think there is merit to the fact that both Max and I have played God Hand. <laughs> <laughs> so like we know that when that game says you can take easy mode, we're like yes sir we we'll go for that. That sounds like a great idea. <laughs> But other than that, I don't play terribly many character action games. Hmm. All right. So I'm not entirely sure on the veracity of that statement. I can say that I play a ton of rhythm games. So it could be that my desire to have a more complex rhythm and my devotion to games like DDR, like theater rhythm that physically push me has sort of made the generic beat of this a bit. Okay. Okay. Sure. I I can agree with that part of it. Yeah. Like one of the things I want the most, if they continue this franchise is to just kind of like mix that up a little bit. I want faster beats. I want slower beats. I want to have to be able to swap between them. Mm Mm-hmm. But just to just to compare it to like I don't think is particularly strong in combat, but has good combat ideas, which is near Automata. Mm-hmm. I think that the flow of how that game handles enemies and how 2B gets hit and the flow of dodging in that game is so much more pronounced than Hi-Fi Rushes. Hmm, okay, okay. Hey, that checks out. So yeah, I mean, I will finish this game. I want to close it out. And I, like, I already know I enjoy this game. I've seen this game. I really like this game. It's just not going to be a game that I think I'm going to love. Okay, okay. I would be very fascinated to know how the, your opinion of it shifts as you get further through it. I I will be curious. It was just a bit disheartening to go, no, no it's it's basically, this is the game. I went, oh, okay. Yeah, because I'd say if you ha- were feeling this before you got the parry, that I'd get it. But if you're still feeling it with the parry, then it might just be more of just wanting more from the game than it's currently offering. The parry is fun when they have specific parry sections. Otherwise, the parry is another option for if the enemy is better to parry than to dodge. Mm, okay. It, it it is a Pokemon type chart of I've shifted my type from dodge to parry. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. But yeah, uh, sorry to be a downer on that one. So let's lift uh, oh, everyone's no spirit. I I play Pizza Tower. About fucking time. I'm shocked <laughs> it took you this long. I didn't have the means to play it until I had Steam Deck. Yeah, but you've had a Steam Deck for a little bit, man. <laughs> yeah. Well, I reviewed it last month, and then I play Pizza Tower. <laughs> so we're here. We're at Pizza Tower. Every, it's 
perfectly timely. It's 10 months after the release when everyone wants to hear about it. Uh, this game makes Wario Land look like a joke. That is what I have heard. That is, This has just uh, gone balls to the wall. This is in sheer insanity for what it's been inspired by. This game is so incredibly forgiving in its ability to make you do the most insane, incomprehensible platforming nonsense. It's basically, do you have any momentum? Are you holding the run button? You will run up this wall like mad. (laughs) You will shoot off like even if you are at a stop, you instantly get back to just go 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 every single power up that you get in this game you kind of just run into on accident and then you're like okay keep going though (laughs) i am a knight with terrible armor guess what the floor is slicked i keep on running i have the sword pointed out so all of the enemies just die i hope that my little legs that can no longer jump good survive the rest of this going around Wonderful. Uh, soundtrack is great. Just in general. Mm-hmm. Every time they get it has this very remixed sort of vibe with a bunch of just interjections and whatnot. It's very clear where it takes inspiration from Wario Land 4 soundtrack, but then it does its own things with it. They're very like Naganuma-esque. It does a wonderful job with that. This is a game where you hit the jump button and it feels good, which is good because I played a demo of Pizza Tower online when I couldn't played it. And I was like, oh, this jump feels like shit. Okay. So I played actual Pizza Tower. and I'm like, oh, this jump feels great. Just need a little more exposure to it is all. Boss themes are amazing. I'm mostly talking about Crust Cove. I freaking love Crust Cove. Um, boss fights are really, really good, which is high praise for a 2D platformer where boss fights usually suck. Mm-hmm. You whittle down their life bars and then they will go, okay, fine, do it again, but I'm going to try this time. <laughs> They're also occasionally some of the most disturbing, weird freak out bosses that are out there. This game has a parry button. Really? Yeah. Just at any time you have, you can have a perfect parry of anything. All right. Did not know that fun. Yeah. You have a rising uppercut that you can do once in the air to slightly increase your jump. If you kill 10 enemies in a row, you can use the parry to super taunt, which will kill everything on screen. Everything also is coupled with your momentum to increase that, and then each individual stage gimmick will compound on your momentum to play with it in interesting ways, thus creating a constant stream of new things that you continually have to deal with. I think the game's good. Glad to hear it. I think that this is an excellent platformer. Um, I don't think it quite cracks my top 100. I feel like the games asking you to do S ranks and P ranks are a bit stringent, if only because 
you run too good. And because you run too good, you glue to walls very, very easily. So getting the exact timing needed for platforming through levels where wall jumping or wall running in specific is required, which is almost all of them. Mm -hmm. But like for a casual run through, I think this is an incredible game. Excellent. It's, does it satisfy that need that you've been feeling for something Wario? Does the special no. successor? Absolutely not. Because here's the thing about Wario Land. I love its personality. Actually playing the games, I like Shake It sometimes. It does run into that Shake It problem where I feel like it's asking a little much for the 100% completion bits. Mm-hmm. Like, it's asking for a lot of very, very specific perfection. And does it feel good getting there? Yeah, yeah, it does. But, I don't know, the levels feel a bit long to get there. Mm -hmm. And the fact that it demands a perfect combo all the way through just feels a bit... Like, like I, I do feel that 2D Sonic does the idea of perfection a little bit better than Pizza Tower because 2D Sonic is just a lot more freeform. Mm-hmm. Whereas Pizza Tower is like, there is very clearly a specific and intended method to get through this stage perfectly. And sometimes it is not clear. I Gnome Forest is really spread out and really long. With all apologies to my good friend Gustavo, like, City of Pigs is the much better Gustavo level. Alright, so kind of, kind of, I'm hearing like a Crash 4 kind of deal, where it's wonderful to play through on a first attempt, but like trying 100% complete it is a bitch. I wouldn't quite call it as frustrating as Crash 4, because Crash 4 is like, actively spiteful. Mm-hmm. But other than that, I think I would agree with you. I think that if you are a very specific kind of player, it is very good at scratching a very particular itch. Mm-hmm. And if you are a large fan of this art style, this game will commit to you hard and it will be great. I am not because I'm not a fan of Cow and Chicken. I do not actually know what that is, but I assume it looks equally insane. It, it's like that sort of like gritty kind of sketchy art style look for the 90s cartoon. Oh, OK, OK, OK. That sort of feel sort of like Ed, Ed and Eddie, but a bit more exaggerated, like like a middle ground between, I would say, Ed, Ed and Eddie and Rocco's Modern Life. All right. All right. But yeah, some of these levels, like, I will remember for quite a while. Like, oh my god, War is fantastic. Uh, the Five Nights at Freddy's parody level is really smartly done. Not that fun to play. But I thought, like, what a clever concept. What fun for this. Mm-hmm. And, like, Peppino is such a fun character because he doesn't deserve the awful things happening to him. <laughs> 
but but he endures it and goes through it in the best way he's he's sympathetic in the same way that courage the cowardly dog is all right all right and that makes me really like him compared to wario who absolutely deserves everything bad that happens to him (laughs) golf golf is too easy there's a level where you just throw things and you do a golf course and it is apparently hard for people. And I'm like, no, this is a baby level. Because you don't have to go fast. You just have to play golf. And I'm good at golf. But yeah, um, everyone who said Pizza Tower is good. Yeah, no, it's it's a really excellent game. Um. I am still waiting for the 2023 game that dethrones theater rhythm for me. Because <laughs> I didn't think that would hold on this long, but goddamn, it's found a way. <laughs> I mean, with how long you played that game, I'm not surprised. I didn't think I would. I'm not a big Final Fantasy guy. Yes, but rhythm, though. It's, You're it's completely right. <sighs> okay. And after two hours, ten minutes, we can finally stop talking about video games and move on to the next section. Oh, wow. It's been that. <laughs> Jesus. All right. A future site. Woo. <laughs> future site. Okay. What we got? Okay. We hit the news and we do some things. Let me pull up my articles and stuff. All right. Uh, fun story to start with. Uh, Peanut Butter, the Shiba Inu, will speedrun Gyromite at the next Awesome Games Done Quick. That is one of my favorite stories that we've ever talked about in this. Isn't it? <laughs> we now officially have dog percent Gyromite runs for <laughs> everyone to enjoy. That needs to become just a recurring category at any speedrunning event absolutely so you know jeremy is one of the games that uh, rob the robot would play yeah, yeah yeah so essentially they're putting out treats for peanut butter to eat and then after hitting the button at the time to do the same functions that rob would <laughs> so th- and just going good girl good girl and giving her treat so is there a chance that this run just doesn't really end do they have are they prepared for that (laughs) peanut butter is pretty consistent from what i can tell okay 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 they're a solid runner dedicated to their craft (laughs) and also get mini num nums so please look forward to that one run in awesome games done quick it will probably be the only one i watch live I will absolutely be doing the same. Yep. (sighs) In lighter news, Nintendo tries to destroy Nintendo's tournament scene again. You know, if they keep collecting them, is is there a specific number they're trying to get to? Because what are they at now? Seven, eight, nine... Well, you know, they're, they're trying really hard this time. It is very clear that this 
effort is specifically trying to counteract the rise of, uh, you know, ultimate mods and Slippy in specific. Mm -hmm. There are very specific clauses that say you cannot use modified versions of the game that would allow it to run online. So it's very clearly trying to deny any melee netcode or smash Wii U netcode or brawl netcode that has been implemented since the discontinuation of those services or that has been willed into existence by fans. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, for those not in the know, Slippy is the rollback netcode solution that has been modded into melee so that you can play it with better netcode than what Smash Ultimate offers. Indeed, indeed. Um, because they have also does that themselves. But yes, if you pass a certain threshold of uh, prize money, which has been limited to very specific amounts, you cannot do specific things. You cannot use Nintendo iconography, ideas, characters, etc. in any sort of your announcements. So things like Super Smash Con will very likely have to rebrand. Um, you can also no longer sell merchandise at at uh, Nintendo related tournaments or food. What? I yes. know about the merchandise, but food? Food. So uh, like if you have an what? Auntie Anne stall right in the lobby, nah uh. Big Mr. Miyamoto is gonna come down and shut down Annie Anne. That's just, uh. Yeah, I, I got nothing. I'm just. Now, I wish I it's... could say I'm surprised. I'm not, but. I did see something of a breakdown as to why Nintendo would be so stringent on this, and especially the, um. Modding scene, specifically. Because. Consider how loose Smash Ultimate's contract has to be. Like, consider if, like, the naked Chun-Li fiasco that we saw (laughs) was not handled internally by Capcom, but Chun-Li was a character owned by Disney. Imagine if someone mods in Donald Duck back into the Hollow Bastion stage and Big Mr. D goes, what the hell is this? Nintendo would be liable for that. Okay, yeah, that is fair. That is fair. Like, Smash is a beautiful, beautiful product that is the biggest headache legally to continue to maintain. Because they wouldn't have to do things for this, like tournaments and whatnot. It would just be a product, and people mod it, oh, well. It's not being, like, advertised or anything. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. With that said, freaking sucks for the Splatoon community. Oh, right, yeah. They just catch a stray from all this. Yep. Sucks for the ARPS community. <laughs> anyway. All seven of them. Um, I don't know if the Pokemon community is affected. People hack those games all the time just to play them. I I don't know if you could stop people from hacking hang Pokemon games. I think Pokemon is just above the law at this point. Yeah, I I'm not sure on that, but 
Yeah. I understand why, but it's the most unfriendly shit in the world. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it's gross. Yeah, I, I wish I could add more to the conversation, but just, yeah. Completely. But that's okay. You know what? If Nintendo is dropping the ball, our good buddies at Microsoft surely will help fighting games continue on into the future. What and help games that they have? First of all. Starting uh, Killer Instinct. Oh, right. That's definitely something they have. And to help with that, starting on November 12th, Microsoft will no longer allow authorized or unauthorized third-party accessories to connect to the Xbox console. Yeah, because if, if you have a disability that prevents you from using a regular controller, fuck you, I guess. Exactly. If you have any sort of fight stick, damn. Damn, that sucks for you, doesn't it? Yeah, it's just not what... That's like it's what all fighting games are based around. It's fine, it's fine. Yeah. Okay. It's no problem. Yeah. Now, to be fair, they claim that it will keep the authentic Xbox experience as developers intended. So, you know, I'm glad that they're looking out for that. Is there, is, do we know what caused this? Was there a similar, like, thing that they're trying to avoid? Or is this just kind of out of the blue? No, we, uh, I mean, if you want to blame New Chun-Li again, we can. Like, that's probably what caused Capcom to also go a little bit hard on modding recently. Yeah, that one I at least understand. Like, it's still too hard, but I understand that one. Yeah. But, yeah. It... I'm curious if this will, like, kill scenes or just cause, like, everything to go underground again. I don't know. There are just, like, a few alternates because i believe killer instinct is available on pc i think so yeah i think it is so this essentially just rules out xbox setups at fighting game tournaments mm -hmm. which most of them default to playstation or pc but it still sucks and still puts people out by like quite a bit mm-hmm and, of course, their advice to if you have an unauthorized controller is to please talk to the manufacturer to see about getting a refund. Wow. Okay. Yeah. That's going to go over great. Yeah, that, that's, that's, that's just icky. Yeah. I, I haven't got anything else for that. That's just gross. But you know what's not icky? Um, depending on who you talk to, you'll get some people that are so icky about this one. <laughs> they don't have taste. Oh, no, I agree. Uh, Nickelodeon All-Star Brawl 2 reveals its DLC Season 1. I think there's just too many firebenders. God damn it. Anything with fire in the franchise. So the characters it. revealed are uh, Mr. Krabs, Zuko... Iro and Rocksteady. Which, I, on I, one I, hand, I, I, I get why people would be upset about that, but that's, like, the two best characters in the show. That, that This is who sells a DLC pass. 
Like, I'll be honest, I probably want to play as either of them over any other Avatar character. <laughs> yeah. My other option would be Azula. Oh, wait. Oh, yeah. Would you look at that? Yeah. Crazy how that happens. I'm really happy that Mr. Krabs is here. Oh, yeah. 100%. I sincerely hope that they get Clancy to voice him. Because, like, isn't Plankton a sound-alike? I, I, I have no idea. Because he, he sounded off to me. A lot of people have been sounding off, which I've looked up, and some of them are just... It's, I know a lot of them is age. Yeah. But, like, I think the Plankton voice doesn't really age as much as others. Uh-huh. Like, I can hear the strain in Tom Kenny's voice. Mm-hmm. I really can. And, like, when he came back to do Dog, I went, oh, no. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Someone just said oh, Plankton for... is Mr. Lawrence? Somebody just said it's fitting for crabs to be DLC. That's, that, that is true. That's great. It is. <laughs> hey, SpongeBob, why don't you give me some of them uh, microtransactions? <laughs> Please say he's part of the shop as well. Just with that exact. <laughs> uh, I'm glad that this company got another chance to like go ham with this game. I don't know if I'm gonna play it myself, but like it, it, it looks like what the first game wanted to be. Army lad, you want to get a top tier? Well, that'll cost you five dollars. <laughs> That's what we call DLC privilege, Mr. Squidward. Uh, I hope so. I I hope so. I didn't go through naval training just to be base roster, Mr. Squidward. That's for chumps. (laughs) Uh, But you know what's not for chumps? Ah, that's right. It's Delta Rune. <laughs> it could be for chumps, but not. It's not a chump game. I feel game. like Spamton would disagree. I think Spamton believes it's for chumps. Spamton, do you think it's for chumps? <laughs> I see. <laughs> In any case. Delta Room will now release for purchase at the completion of Chapter 4. Uh, this is moved back from when they plan to release Chapters 3 through 5 as the paid game. Uh, they will now be releasing it at the completion of Chapter 4. Okay, so they're also not... Wait, does that mean they're not releasing 3 through 5 altogether anymore? Uh, they are going to release 3 and 4 together and then release 5 later. Because they realize that five will just take a long time. Okay, okay. So this is to get the purchasable version of Deltarune out faster. Honestly, probably fair. Yes. With how long this has been taken, that money's probably necessary. Which, honestly, (laughs) I would have paid for the first two chapters, so I'm fine with this. Oh, I agree. That's an easy paid game. Also means we get three and four sooner. Precisely. I'm happy with this decision. I think it's a more realistic dev time goal. Yes. So. Nicely done there. 
Um, I have a duo of stories here. Uh, Sega plans to release their first super game by March 2026, which will be so more advanced than regular games, it will embarrass them. The fact that it's Sega specifically claiming this is my favorite part of that story. Well, we heard earlier about their Super Game Initiative. This is them now telling their stockholders this is when it was ha- is happening. Big things are coming. You cannot stop us. And you know what also can't be stopped? That's right. Sonic the Hedgehog, the fastest thing alive, because Sega has looked toward its blood, toward its life, toward its soul, toward all the advertisements that said, you play Mario? Gay. Go ahead and play Sonic, and you'll (laughs) learn how to be straight. That, that that's me mocking 90s advertising i think i'm fairly on the money no, but no, anyway it's, it's, it's like i was back in my youth i'm glad because they have also announced that their new goal is for sonic to fulfill his destiny and not just match mario but surpass him i would die to know the reasons why i just i i <laughs> I want to know what executive is what plan an executive is looking at, looking over all of that, and it's like, oh yeah, oh yeah, th- this is what gets, this is what crosses the threshold. We, we got this, we got this. Oh, man, I maybe Sonic Superstars will be a good game. I know it's out, but like, I'm not getting that for sixty. Nope, me neither. I probably not. Well, I, I'm definitely not getting it. But like it's it's nice. You, I don't know. You might like Sonic more than Mario. It has I've, extra. I played four levels of Sonic Mania and got bored. And I feel like if I got bored of Sonic Mania, it's probably not for me. Did you play as free Ray the Flying Squirrel? I don't know what any of those words mean. It, it means Ray the Flying Squirrel. He's different. It do have Fang, and the soundtrack is really good. I want this to be Sonic Adventure 3, and I want it to be bad. That That's the timeline I want to live in. Okay, that's personally hurtful. <laughs> like, th- th- that, that crossed the line. Oh yeah, but it explains why they're so confident... And the downfall would be hysterical. We already have a bad Sonic Adventure 3. It was called Sonic 2006. We can do more. Sonic can always be pushed further. You can't do more than Sonic 2006. That's quitter talk It was the most video game. Well, I think we need two more princesses to create a love square for Sonic. Also a Chow Garden, but with like 10% of the content of the previous Chow Garden. It's, it's, it's like one of those, it's like how spirits worked. That we, you can go through like World of Light and find those little dojos. You put the spirits in the dojos. That's the Chow Garden now. Oh, uh, they've just streamlined it, I see. Mm, yeah. no, that's, that's, that's just modern gaming. That makes sense. No. I don't believe them, but I can't wait to see what that is. 
<sighs> you made me sad. I had so much energy going into this announcement. Now I'm just deflated. I don't know. Uh, anyway, and uh, Xbox announces partnership with InWorlds to bring AI-powered characters, stories, and quests into games. Um, How do you have to feel to work at Obsidian and be bought by Microsoft because of your ability at storytelling? And now we're here. Yeah, gonna have to. There's just gonna have to be an AI strike for every segment of the creative process. Which which sucks because I can see ways you can like mix the two together to create something insane. But it's just I don't trust corporations not to just overwrite one with the latter. Mm-hmm. I we need to have regulations on AI right yes. now. Because I mean, three years ago, but yeah, my feeling with it is that AI for personal use, by which I mean AI curtailed to your abilities specifically in order to help you through individual aspects that is built off of your previous experiences and styles. I think that that could be an incredible tool in helping a lot of people through a lot of depressive funks. I, I agree. I, honestly, if I had the ability to AI animate, like, character concepts, that would streamline my process in, entirely. Mm -hmm. There is no good way that any sort of corporation can do this without cutting the ability to have jobs. Exactly. And, like, we've seen this. We're already seeing talks about this. Katzenberg was just talking about how, you know, in the future... You know, it took like 500 animators in order to make Shrek and years of the process. With AI, we can do that with 10% of the labor force in half the time. Yeah. I'm going, yeah, that's what we don't want. We would like to have creations and not content, please. Mm-hmm. There, there is a... There is a lack of soul. You I don't know if this is just placebo, but you see AR and you can just feel it. There, there's, mm -hmm. there's a lack of humanity for, for to be overdramatic. Also, the fact that they specify AI-generated quests. Can you imagine anything worse than an AI looking over how quest progression has gone in video games and trying to replicate it? Oh no! Yeah, just go, go drive down this street fifteen times, and I'll give you a. Can tire. you kill five war rats for me? My mom has cancer, and if you kill the war rats, she will not have cancer anymore. Wow, you did it! Twenty-minute cutscene about this NPC's backstory. Thank you for killing the war rats. I'll now suck your dick. None of the fingers have enough. Another hand's having the fingers. Or too many. See, that's the thing. I wish AI artists were more creative. They all give me the same looking thing. <laughs> it's all this nouveau style. No, yeah. With like a little bit of an unfocused blur to it and large anime eyes and large breasts. I mean, it's, it's basing art off of what's on the internet. 
It is. And like, I wish that AI was more clever. Because their art isn't interesting. We, we just need to implement like a J. Jonah Jameson program into any AI. J just to bully them for all of their mediocrity. <laughs> yeah, no, the possibilities of it eventually are interesting, but throwing it into this unregulated market is a recipe for disaster. True. Although the fact that it's getting thrown in before it becomes interesting does give me hope that it will cause enough pushback. Whereas like if this happened yeah, 10 I... years later, that might just go through without i anything. feel like we're going to get one game out of this and then it will be raked over the coals so hard that we will get five more games out of this because they were in too deep and then <laughs> never again yeah 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 like how like when ubisoft went super super hard into nfts oh right <laughs> Yeah, because that, that, that was, that was going to say Tucker Clancy. Yeah. Yeah, remember when we had, like, an NFT story every single month for a while? Yeah. Just, wow. I, I forgot. All the Square Enix's stuff as well. Mm -hmm. they, they sold, like, so many valuable brands for that. Yep. Uh, we live in uh, a dystopia. It's fun. But not Yeah, really. that's fine. Speaking of that, can I go to the next one? Oh, absolutely. Because after 16 years, Yahtzee Croshaw has resigned from The Escapist, officially ending zero punctuation. Oh, it wasn't just Yahtzee. It was like... Oh, I know. Almost all of their staff. Most of the staff, because I believe they... Escapist is just dead. They removed the EOC, I think. Yeah, because of un and then like, everyone demands. resigned in solidarity, which is incredible to me, <coughs> because this happened like a couple years ago. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But this time they actually got Yahtzee to leave the site, and like that man is like a living artifact he belongs in a museum <laughs> that that's one simply drawn stick figure is like one of the primary mascots of video game critique he influenced so much of youtube like i again 16 years the first review of his i saw was super paper mario this was like four months after the wii launched Yeah, I call it an end of an era, but I'm sure she's just going to go back to doing it somewhere else. This is just escapist being so... Like, on one hand, it sucks that people lose their job, but on the other hand, I feel like they didn't really lose a job. Like, the team is still intact, they just moved. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, that, that honestly feels really good, just to see that explode in people's faces. Mm-hmm. Good, the chat is making me feel old as I expected. The feelings of who to that? That viscerally hurts. <laughs> it's fine. You're only turning 30 in a few months. Don't think about You're it. You're correct. Yeah. The inevitability of time is going to take my hair, then my health, my mind at some point in between the two. 
And then an AI will be created to replicate you for all time going forward. Exactly, and he'll have hair. <laughs> so everything will be great. Ah, <laughs> oh, but damn, this one hits me. Just like... Because I've gone through the whole cycle of this guy is great and has informed all of my opinions. Actually, this guy is terrible. Actually, this man isn't even a real critic. This is an entertainer. This is just stupid. Why would I ever have listened to this? I feel disgraced having done it. Actually, I respect everything he's done. He's built up a brand incredibly well. So and his longevity <laughs> is a testament. I've gone through that with so many different creators. It's, it's the cycle of growing up. On YouTube, you it that, is. Oh, yeah, that's that's how that works. It really is. <sighs> All right, what else do I have on here? Uh, I think let's do what you have to <laughs> throw in. Sorry. Your new stories. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. Eight bit wise, okay? that's very mean. <laughs> ah, I see. <laughs> You're on. <laughs> In all caps, Pierre, you are only 29? It's okay, no. My guy, I hope I am not trying to have this level of YouTube success at 35 without a solid backup plan. It, it's okay. Nobody believes I'm as old as I am. So if we, we average out the expectations, we're about where we're supposed to land. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, uh, what, what even was I bringing Oh, right. So, little interesting thing that I care about a lot because Arcane is fantastic. And the second season is actually coming in November. I can add this right now because that was just announced. November yep, November 2024. So I have excited. that listed as so well. So excited. Ah. Yes. But in the face of that and the MMO they're making in all the various games, they're actually taking efforts to be like, you know what? We were treating these as very, like, different, like a multiverses kind of deal of just like, oh yeah, there's the arcane side of things, and there's the the card game side of things, but they're actually taking the steps to streamline it all and make it so it's one continuous story, which is the correct thing to do. I know that's hard, but I respect them so much for that. I oh, wish very nice. Games, I wish more companies tried to do that with their franchises because there's a lot that just be like, no, you can do whatever you want with these characters, and then people get mad, and then the projects die, and they act surprised. So that's neat. Uh, also, just... I haven't talked about Team ta Fight Tactics in a while. Because mm -hmm. I'm just, it's just an addiction and I can't stop. But the newest set they're doing is doing something that's so insanely cool that I need to talk about it. Oh, yes. Go for it. Uh, so they're, they're, it's their 10th set. Ten, like, they've been doing this for a long time and they're pulling out all the stops mm -hmm. for this. Mm-hmm. So, you know how much League of Legends has done, like, various music videos and various bands by turning their characters into different skins and all that. Like, Very whole, inescapable. Yeah, yeah, the whole KDA stuff and all that, Pentakill, metal bands. So they're theming yep. this auto chess battler set off of those musical bands. Like, you have traits based off of the various bands, whether you're the guitarist or just a fanboy or whatever. Mm-hmm. But what they're doing, since it's a music-themed uh, set, is that they re-recorded the main theme for it like 30 different times and isolated individual instruments from like various bits of the theme. 
And mm-hmm. depending on the units you put on the board from various bands, it will completely shift the main theme that is playing while you're going through the game. Oh, okay. There's like 50 units in these games. That is insanity. That's pretty great. That just effortlessly meshing like jazz and metal and 8-bit and EDM and just... Does it all sound good when put together? I don't know, but I haven't played it yet, but I'm so excited to see how that works. Just wanted to bring that up. No, it sounds like a fascinating musical challenge I'm nowhere near good enough to or equipped to handle. (laughs) And then the last thing, I shouldn't have watched this. I knew what this was going to happen, but I was so curious... After the Microsoft buyout went through, just mm-hmm. being like, okay, how is this going to reflect on BlizzCon? So, I watched BlizzCon. And that was one of the most pathetic presentations I have ever watched. I've seen EAE3s that were better than that. Well, I, I mean, didn't every company involved have to just go before the european boards and go i'm a pathetic little baby i can't make money this is so bad look at how bad i am wah, wah, wah. oh no yeah but then they go up on stage and it's like in terms of speaking per announcement i think there was like a 20 minute to one ratio over a two hour presentation So you're saying that our podcast is slightly faster paced? Just a little bit. (laughs) Just a a disgusting amount of backpatting over, oh, we're so dedicated to this community. We we love how you're able to see yourself in our characters. You make us better. Like in that corporate bullshit speak kind of way that just makes you feel really slimy. And just pausing after every little just appeal to the audience. Be like, no, we're we're still the guys you want us to be. Applaud. Uh Applaud. Just one guy going. Applaud right now. No, And you actually hear, like, there's several moments where you're just like, one more is like, woo, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You mentioned that character. I like that character. That guy, he gets it. And And it's so sad because... At the end, Chris Metzen comes on stage. You know, you know who that is. It's voice of Thrall. He's like the mm-hmm. what, probably the last remaining big shot there. And yeah. he tries so hard to recapture the old energy. Like, he's got the Thrall voice. Just big, booming, gravelly. Mm-hmm. Just appealing to all your nostalgia. And it is capturing this, like the feeling of excitement, but it's just for him. It's like you're witnessing an echo on stage of like, oh yeah, this is how this used to feel. And then it just cuts to the audience where all the just faces are dead and the passion is gone. And I'm very depressed. Ah, That's all. BlizzCon made me sad. <laughs> well, that's okay. Because, you know, I, I think I could cheer you up. I can have... You want to play a fun game? I would love to play a fun game. What is the fun oh. game? All right, so here is my fun game for you. Because it is a solid would-you-rather. And we'll see if your experience 
lines up with the audience. I'm going to give you two individual things that you can compare each other. And you're going to tell me which of these you would rather purchase. Okay, okay. So would you rather purchase in Mortal Kombat 1 for... For 1,250 combat points or kyber crystals or some, I don't know, the MK currency, which translates to about 10 USD, one fatality involving a jack-o'-lantern. How well carved is the jack-o'-lantern? It is so well carved that you can look it up on YouTube for the same effect. Okay, okay. What else? What am I buying in comparison? Or would you rather purchase for 2,500 Rocket League points? That's right. Reskin your entire car to look like Lightning McQueen and play Life is a Highway whenever you score. Wait, wait, what? I didn't hear about this. Yes. People have been joking about this for ages. No, Lightning McQueen and Life is a Highway is in Rocket League for 2,500 Rocket League points. (laughs) Oh, my God. Now, would you rather have that for double the price, theoretically, if not more, of the Mortal Kombat 1 fatality? I just paid to say I paid for it for Lightning McQueen. I don't care if I even use it. That's hilarious. (laughs) congratulations you seem to have made the correct choice yeah wow how how what why in world it's so funny i don't even know who you're saying how or why to you know what i don't really know either (laughs) this is just the state of gaming today uh, just think <laughs> about it lightning mcqueen is worth five eighths of a diddy kong in mario <laughs> kart tour did you pay for the diddy kong no were you tempted? I, I, no he was an easy drop by the time i got in i feel awful for anyone who did pay I think the only money I've paid on a gotcha game was a WWE puzzle game because I really wanted Daniel Bryan. Hmm, okay. <laughs> All right. What else do I have here? Um, ah, yes. Just two more really quick ones. Um, This one report before I got the or after I got the news uh Sony will be removing access for the PS4 and PS5 to post to X formerly Twitter on November 14th wow what will they ever do with that integral required program to function in every like I, I I've heard you on talk like this is going to become the center of our modern society everything's gonna go through that and Sony's removing from it now I want you to understand how crazy this is I don't know if you've looked at a ps4 or ps5 controller recently but uh there's a button on it specifically that says share and guess what it specifically shares to 
what that one button that is on every single PlayStation controller would be connected to. Well, it's not Twitter anymore. <laughs> That's right. It is now the PlayStation phone app only. <laughs> Please understand that the select button died because Twitter was so massive that a company decided to replace a basic function that has been there since 85 with the ability to integrate with that app. Uh, that that brings me joy. I'll be honest. That's just funny. This sucks, dude. Like, I know for us specifically, it doesn't really affect things, but imagine how many indie devs profited because someone had hashtag PS4 oh, share in a little okay. clip of that, their game. Okay, yeah, with that context. Like... If that button did not exist, we would not be getting two Yakuza games within three months right now. No, yeah. That game went viral because of viral clips of a chicken from Yakuza 0. And now this next Yakuza game is doomed to failure because of no more Or people saying, that's rad. No, no, no. Like a Dragon is in a great place. But it sucks for any smaller developer. It sucks for just meme culture in general. Think they'll replace it with anything else? Like, I, I imagine, like, you still want to use the button for something. Which is the Facebook or something. I don't know. Oh, yeah, because Facebook is such a great option for that. Oh, yeah, it's... it's, it's, it's don't don't you know? That, that's... Just the just pinnacle. Like, the interconnectivity is dead... Because of boneheaded decisions over one year. Yeah. I can't add any more to that. It is truly monumentally impressive to me. Agreed. Agreed. All right. And uh, final news, the Zelda movie was announced. Yeah, who cares about that? We can move on. Yeah, anyway. Uh, what games are coming out this month? I, I don't know. I... <laughs> I know Persona 5 Tactica is coming out. That that is coming out, yeah. Uh, I know that it released on Steam for like twenty minutes on accident. <laughs> That's great. Is a catchy in it? Do we know? He is DLC. Oh right, yeah. Is that still in that same little time period? We're just stuffing every side game into that one week of the casino. <laughs> yes, I'm pretty sure it's that exactly. Oh, that's that's great. Uh, Wario has already come out, but that was a thing. Oh yeah, that was a thing. I uh, hear it is the worst-selling WarioWare game in Japan outside of Game and Wario. Uh, oh, Super Mario RPG. Oh yeah, oh yeah, of course. And uh, I don't know what Like a Dragon Gaiden, the man who erased his name is, but oh yeah, that's that the Kiryu spinoff. Ah, that was yesterday. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, Robocop Rogue City came out. Neat. Oh, yeah, Thirsty Suitors just came out. <laughs> Boy, that game was probably good. Yeah, yeah. We're fine. I think we're finally calming down from the utter insanity that has been 
2023. Everybody got yes. their Game of the Year nominees in, and now we're just kind of waiting to see what gets in. Everyone's like settled. Oh, Song of Nunu. Oh, out. yeah. I do want to play that, actually. I like Nunu. Yeah. And it has Braum in it. I love Braum. Braum's a great character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, on the YouTube side of things, congrats on your HOTS video. Yeah, I, I, for things I'm working on, I started, finished, and released a video. You, you're welcome, guys. That, mm -hmm. I don't know what else I'll be doing moving forward. But yeah, that was a little thing. I just saw the buyback went through, and it's like, okay, but if I can just have one thing, give me this, please. I I Chat, Mad World 2 came out. It's called Anarchy Reigns. No one played it. That's why it's dead. Yeah, but as, as far as other content, I don't really have anything else I haven't already talked about before. Although, I did commission a thumbnail for, like, the XCOM streams I want to do. Ooh, which cool. was really, really fun. It was from the same person that did the, uh, you might not know this, but the chat will. The same person that did the Smash Brothers Olimar logs. I made a little, like, short about those. And because you can make, like, your viewers, your soldiers in XCOM, I purposefully had them make just artwork of, like, a couple of viewers. You're in it as well. Not... <laughs> it, it, it'll be fun. It's a bit of a shit Let's post, go. but it'll be fun. Nice! It's me. That makes it better. Uh, what about you? What are you working on? Congrats on uh, several videos, actually, since last time. Oh, yeah. Um, we released that uh, Tears of the Kingdom the author made. She did a really great job. Um, if anyone would has not seen that, I would just recommend it and just, like, leave a comment. She reads all the comments. So if you leave a comment just supporting her work and what she did on that video, I would really personally appreciate it. Even more than views or that video's success. Just to have those nice words for her her hard work over the past like seven months she was chipping away at it in the background yeah to, to add on to that having made content for various larger creators it feels amazing like taking a spotlight and having people appreciate that mm -hmm. it's like show some love yeah um also released the uh jenna video which uh was edited by virtual mementos and they also have a very nice channel so that is virtual mementos if you can shout just to shout them out. And I'm really pleased with that one. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like, just to actually get able to celebrate that character has been a fantastic thing. It did about as well as I expected a Darkstalker video to do. Yeah, but th that's okay. You you let me make a 15-second shitpost of a Raptor That was so video. good. Thank you so much for <laughs> editing that Lord Raptor bit. How much do you like Lord Raptor right now? Significantly more than I did before. <laughs> well, see, that's what I do. I get people to play games that they normally wouldn't. Because uh, you'll, like, see him and go, I know him. I love him. Indeed. Oh. Indeed. Should yeah, we actually uh, talk about the Zelda movie? Are we good just leaving that be? Oh, God. There's, like, no news about the Zelda movie there. Yeah, well, it's like it's being made, and it's, it's being, being made, made by the by... Morbius guy, and that's funny. Yeah, that's the entire joke. 
Okay, I, I just wanted that on the record. And then the director, writer, I believe, is attached to the Maze Runner movies, Maze which Runner I am and completely the next unfamiliar Planet of with. Apes, and that's literally it. Are you with me in think- thinking that making it live action is a bit weird? That's not. No, that's not the I think that. I, would have chosen. I think that makes sense for Zelda. I think that movies are still kind of insecure as a medium, which is why like comic book characters get their outfits changed. Yeah. Yeah. So in order to take Zelda quote unquote seriously, it makes sense for it to be a live action film. Like, Zelda is not one that I expected to be animated. Animated is the realm for Mario and Donkey Kong and Kirby. All right, fair. I cannot wait for the casting to be just as funny as Mario's. People are going to freak out. Like, the the voices are different now. Wait until, like, Link's cheekbones don't look right. Oh, there is only one casting I want, and that is Dwayne the Johnson Rock as Darunia. Yeah, I, I, I also want Anya Taylor-Joy to also play a Zelda in live action, just because I think that would be really funny. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's good. Okay, we can move on to bonus uh, yeah. now. No, 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 I, 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 I oh, played my future videos. Oh, I got future videos. I got some stuff. Um, In very short order, we will be releasing a video on Conker's Bad Fur Day. Nice. So please look forward to that. And by the end of the month, I plan to have a video about a very important Mario character released. And it's not the one that I've been working on for months. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, Double it's dipping. not that one. Okay. Yeah, no, no, no. I, I, I had a good idea, and, like, I decided to do some legwork. Um, there are some interviews with that, so... Uh, oh! Let, let me say right now, um... If you are a fan or were a fan of the webcomic Brawl in the Family, I've I have a treat for you in a bit. I yeah, so stay I, I've tuned. never seen that on the Patreon. I am very excited to hear about that. All right. Okay, and now we can both stage. Okay. Welcome to bonus stage. Okay, seeing as it's my face now, can I talk about my thing? Go, go. That's fine. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. I've been dying to talk about this. So, obviously, I am here to talk about Captain Laserhawk, because how could I not? Oh, whoops. I just covered... Ah, no! Windows! Change. I have to get the music back up, and it just ruined my entire life. Okay, we're good, we're good, we're good. Okay, so, Captain Laserhawk... The Ubisoft crossover show thing of a Bob is a thing that exists, mm-hmm. and there's really only one thing I invested in with this show, but I will speak briefly about the other qualities it has, because from a visual standpoint, this is just a love letter to video games. It is constantly shifting art styles to make its characters seem like they're in the middle of various games, like, are two people sneaking into somewhere? Now it's a Metal Gear game. Top-down perspective. You're just sneaking around. It's the same kind of layout and everything. Some weird acid trip simulation. Now we're live action, but in that weird pixel, like the OG Mortal Kombat kind of way. You'll have fight scenes that will very abruptly shift to video game combat and back. 
the music following suit. It's a wild ride that's a very celebratory showcase of the medium it's harkening towards. That's not what I expected, but that's actually really cool. It, it actually, like, I recommend looking up some clips of just the video game segments. It's, it's, it's quite charming. The writing is, is, it's, it's bizarre. It's a situation where it's, it's so obnoxiously heavy-handed with its story and characterization. The evil stuff is happening, and it's bad because of this reason. This person is upset, so they will explain why. Like, it tries so astronomically hard. But to a point that... I... It almost feels intentional? Mm-hmm. I, 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 I don't know. I can't tell if this is a genius show trying to parody that kind of commonplace shitty writing to be able to sneak in some subtler themes that actually flow really nicely, mm-hmm. or if the people writing this are genuinely thinking they're being super profound and, like, impactful, and they're just accidentally, like, doing something right every now I I don't know. Either way, it's ridiculously over the top. It's one of the most irreverent shows I've ever seen. I had to pause the show in several instances because I was in tears laughing. Not because it was funny, per se, but just at the sheer absurdity. Yes. This is a crossover that does not respect their own brands that they're using in the crossover, and that's kind of great at several points. Mm-hmm. Um, can't say much about most of the characters. The way it's written makes it hard to take most of them very seriously. They do mm-hmm. a really good job at respecting Sam Fisher, which that felt really great. He gets a mm. fantastic moment. Oh, that's cool. Like, his legs are, like, he's in a wheelchair because his legs have just been blown off, but he actually goes off and he's like, no, I'm, I've got one last mission. Actually does super spy things, just missing oh, cool. two of his limbs. It's That's really, really rad. Uh, I also do love the adorable Assassin's Creed frog. That's that He was just adorable absolutely cute oh good but the one major exception with the characters because of course is the one thing i want to talk about which is rayman Mm -hmm. so in this story at least at first rayman is playing the role of uh i don't i don't remember his name but the 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 purple dude in hunger games like that kind of the upbeat announcer like the cheerful face of this world that's really narcissistic, clearly benefiting from the situation, just keeping on, keeping up the energy to kind of dumb down how horrific everything happening around him is. Like, it's it's the smiling face to hide the pain for, like, society at large. Yeah, yeah. And he plays this role really well. Just effortlessly shifting blame onto protagonists when something bad happens. He stars in his own biopic showing his quest to make the world a better place. You get announced, like, <laughs> trailers of this and everything. And he reacts super violently if anything doesn't go his way. Now, unfortunately for him, he gets booted out of his station due to losing his temper on air. And you're kind of lulled into thinking that this is just gonna be, like, just a downward spiral of a bad person, which, for the record, I was cool with. Like, I was, I thought this right. was hilarious to see Rayman in this light. Mm-hmm. It's just the superstar that thinks he's the center of the universe. They, they can't fire me. I'm fucking Rayman. I can't be replaced because I'm a fucking god. 
I'm gonna smoke all the cocaine, drink all the booze, and eat sushi off the back of a naked cowgirl furry because I can't handle this kind of rejection. I did not embellish Damn. any of that. I do love surf and turf. And like, off the bat, a narrative where Raymond is struggling with being replaced is hilariously painfully on the nose. Mm-hmm. But it does, it would kind of like fall into that same parent bullying their child kind of vibe I got from the Mario plus Rapids DLC. Okay. But then the second half starts. Because Rayman gets actually replaced by a second Rayman on his show. Like a clone, I think. They haven't actually explained it. But Rayman really loses it and starts trying to figure out what the hell is going on in the world. Because as far as he knew, mm -hmm. he was one of a kind. And upon right. doing that, he starts to realize, and you start to realize, that this narcissistic superstar persona has been a red herring. This isn't the fall of a megalomaniac story. This is a Disney child actor. This is a character that has genuinely been wanting to do good his entire life, has been wanting to heal these divides between humans and mutants like him. He took the position he's in because he genuinely felt like he was creating a utopia. But he got famous. He got money. And it just slowly became disconnected from it all, separated from the reality of the situation. And he kind of just is forced to come to terms with that, and he shatters. It's such a phenomenal message that I cannot believe Ubisoft allowed to go through. <laughs> To show how recognizable brands hide behind franchise love to mask the scummy stuff that they do. Mm -hmm. like, like, imagine that happening to, to Mickey Mouse or Mario or Master Chief. Or, it, it, it would never happen. And what does Raymond do when he realizes all this? He goes insane. We're talking full-on Green Goblin talking to himself in the mirror, ends up shooting the mirror to get rid of this weak Rayman persona, proclaiming, Now, it's time for them to meet Ramon. <laughs> Which nearly killed me. I was in tears laughing. Mm -hmm. he, but he then proceeds to go to the board of directors, dual-wielding Tommy guns, Saves the Assassin's Creed frog from being murdered by his doppelganger, encouraging an eight-year-old to pull the lever of an electric chair. There's some fucked up energy imagery in the show. And just murders every member of the board of directors. Just covered in blood, collapsing around, surrounded by their bodies. I don't understand how this show exists, but I think Ubisoft just showed Rayman... Murdering all of their higher-ups as revenge for both being replaced and as justice for all the shitty things they've done over the years. You can read into that however you choose, but the simple fact it exists brings me so much joy. And I think that's wonderful. I can't believe they pulled off Shadow the Hedgehog Rayman in a way that's... <laughs> feels so right and so wonderful, but they totally did it. I, uh, I'm so glad that you just get to revel in this. 
I want more. I, I can't believe I'm this invested in this, but I want to see where Ramon's story <laughs> takes him. I'm genuinely invested in the batshit stupidity of this world. Like, how does Glowbox fit into all of this? Is he like some side child actor that put on a stupid persona, but is actually just a super, just cynical evil? I don't, I don't, I don't know. I want more, please. Now, I have to say, like, the fact that they are pulling it off and you are enthusiastic to this degree is pretty incredible. I mean, to be fair, this has been, like, I have been walking through a desert without food for years. I'm probably much more... What's what's the word I'm looking for? Open to something like this than I would be after, say, just the release of Rayman Legends. Mm -hmm. But also it's... The amount of time it's been also just makes the impact of this just hit that much harder. Right, but please understand, like, you are also going to be the most critical of anything ever. This is coming right off of a Rayman DLC that you were incredibly critical of. No, yeah. Like, if this were happening to a franchise I loved, like, I had nothing but eh, things to say about Cranky Kong in the Mario movie. The fact that they are pulling it off is an insane testament. Yeah, and again, I can't tell if the writers are doing this on purpose or not. Like, this is all between such heavy-handed, just like, oh, yeah, this is the path that society has taken, and if we don't change this, we're all doomed. I'm pretty sure that is an actual quote from the show. And, like, they don't nail all of it. I, I feel really bad for Beyond Good and Evil fans. They kind of got screwed over by this show. Well, that that's just life. I mean, BG&E 2 has surpassed Duke Nukem forever. That's true. That is actually true. Yeah. But, but yeah, I, I am... I, I feel like it kind of broke me, in a sense, because of just what it is, but I am totally down for this new era of... Just corrupted Ray, man. I want to see where this goes. Good? <laughs> Good. Good. No more games. Just this. Yeah, I, I, I will say, Marchado, I know what you're talking about, and there might be more to all of their stories because of what happens at the end. There's some... I don't know. I, I need to see how they bounce off of it but some like inception game in a game stuff might be happening at the same time i don't quite understand but it's it's interesting i'm interested i'm invested give me more please okay hey that's all i want to say about laser hawk all righty so Unfortunately, I didn't get quite get to finish a lot of the things that i wanted to finish for this week like i wanted to come in here and talk about pluto the um anime on netflix because that is an incredible incredible adaptation but i have not finished it as of yet mm. i can only just say like it is stunning and it is as all of his works are the depths of human depravity put and absolute sorrow put on display in the sense that people can still try to do good in spite of that. Mm. Uh, it is also a story about Astro Boy. 
but I didn't get to finish that, so uh, we'll, we'll talk about it later. Oh, or yeah, yeah. never. Who knows? Um, but so I had to just sort of like pull from past experiences for this one. And one neat thing that came out, uh, have you been following Sakurai's YouTube channel very much? Yes, I watch all of them. Okay, lovely. Because recently he had a crossover with a quote-unquote famous YouTube personality. And oh, it was right. one yeah. that not a lot of people knew and got a lot of who? Because it is a very popular Japanese one, but one that is not popular outside of Japan, like, say, a VTuber would be. <laughs> and that was Chief Areno of Game Center CX. And when I saw that, my eyes lit up and I felt a joy swell in my heart because I love Game Center CX. Okay, nice. So, Send this is on. going... So if you haven't um, seen it before, consider this your cell, but please feel free to watch it. Well, what did you think of Arino Cacho when watching that? I, I'll i be honest, it was a second monitor kind of deal. I wasn't paying okay. that much attention to it, but I was enjoying it for what it was. Okay, okay. Because I... So Game Center CX has been going on since 2003. And it is a show where a man has 12 hours to beat a video game. And mm -hmm. that is the concept. It is probably the earliest consistently recorded format of what we would consider a Let's Play. And Areno, as the father of Let's Plays, is an absolutely fantastic presenter. Areno is a professional comedian from the duo Yokio, mm -hmm. and uh, he performs in Manzai Comedy, which is the kind where it's basically um, an idiot who is just sort of a bit of an airhead, and then someone reacting to them like, what? It's, it's the straight man, goofy man dynamic. Okay, okay. But... He is the goofy one. He is the bokeh. He is the idiot. And this allows him to play off of every game's challenge incredibly perfectly. Because a game will do something unbelievable to him and he will give the most dead-eyed expression and go like, <laughs> well, goodbye, everyone. <laughs> like, you will see the most genuine expressions from him and the most genuine life from this man. He treats the video game itself as his comedy partner and the crushing reality of the video game being hard and him not being very good is where the comedy derives from it. Mm -hmm. It is then edited in the slickest, most over-the-top manner possible, with a narrator giving his every action and dramatizing, like, the fact that he is battling Bowser as a fight for his own sanity as he faces the devil Koopa in an eternal <laughs> double helix. And then it will show every single attempt he has ever done, like 88 individual screens, all synchronized to him dying. 
and being like, he has been fighting the final boss of Super Mario World for two and a half hours, and his film crew has to go home in 30 minutes, or they will miss their train. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It is engaging melodrama in the form of a let's play. And the best part is all of them are truncated down to an hour. Very nice. It is slickly cut down. It's just all and the even good ha- stuff. He has just wonderful bits where like he will go to a local arcade and just visit it or just anywhere that happens to have an arcade machine. And he'll go, oh, look, they have Metal Slug here, too. Can I beat the first level here? I have not been the first level. <laughs> and I'll be like, maybe I can get the elderly woman behind the counter to play Metal Slug so that I can seem better. <laughs> and then he will do it and they will go like, wow, you're so good at games. They'll go, thank you. I will take this candy now, please. Here is my money. Beautiful. It is... The thing that I appreciate the most about GameCenter CX is that Areno is not good at games. He has an entire song patterned after a um, after a common writer opening that says that how good is he at games? A normal amount. <laughs> he is as good as a regular person is at video games, and he will beat them. But he truly loves them. He is willing to struggle through it. He rarely gets upset. Everything about it is sort of just taken tongue in cheek in good nature. And you can feel when it defeats him. Like one of the most well-known memes of it is that image where it says his smile and optimism gone. Oh, that's that's him. Okay, that is in response to finding out that the boss of Ninja Gaiden has another face. He has a camera crew that will constantly make fun of him, yet will offer to sincerely help him. Like, dude, you're not doing this. May I please bring you back to where you were so that you do not have to do this level again? (laughs) Um, Most of Game Center CX has not been officially translated. However, Until about two years ago, its fan community was very, very supportive. So you can easily find hundreds upon hundreds of subtitled episodes. There are about, I think, 11 that were officially published in English to Kotaku uh, under the Retro Game Master label. Okay. I think you can still find a DVD on it for like 60 bucks on Amazon or something, but it's much easier to find like sa-gccx um if you're looking for a good time tons of great episodes about there most of his quiz episodes are fantastic ninja gaiden is great um he has a three-parter on donkey kong country 2 which was just like yes i will watch a man play dkc2 for three hours Uh, Most of it in the NES and SNES era, but, like, if you don't know a game's title, it is probably a good episode. (laughs) 
Excellent. Like, some of the most fun I've seen him had is doing, like, I am going to simulate driving a train. <laughs> and his sheer inability to play a train simulator. It's going, I've been at this for hours, and I still cannot park the train. <laughs> I am sorry to everyone. He has times where he'll travel to other countries. Um, His team established like a Cambodian fighting game scene. And he's like, I'm going to become the greatest game player in all of Cambodia. We have organized a Street Fighter 2 tournament where I have an instant pass to the grand finals. He plays Dalsim and the only thing he knows how to do is input Yoga Fire. <laughs> yes. Oh, you know, this is beautiful. I was not able to become the greatest fighter in Cambodia, but I got second. <laughs> Just a very nice, mild-natured man. Um, also, several video games based off of the show. One actually made it to uh, overseas, titled uh, Retro Game Challenge. Oh, really? Yeah, it's a neat little game where it's like the concept is that he has gotten so frustrated at losing at games that he has trapped you in his memories of the 80s so that you can remind his child self what it means to love games again. Mm -hmm. And then they'll play like little parodies of old retro games. They're truncated, but are still like in the general style. And then in game they will release fan magazines and they will tell you like cheat codes for each of these fake games that they're playing so that you get the experience of like reading magazines and slowly getting better at games and figuring out small challenges as opposed to beating them all in one go it's a really fascinating preservation of the culture of the time all right all right sounds awesome yeah i uh Arena is just such a positive figure in, you know, games commentary in general. Uh, the show started out doing, like, interviews with people. If, if you'll believe it, they had a pre-release interview for Metal Gear Solid 3 in the first season. Mm -hmm. Just to give context of how long this has been going. And just, it's nice. It's not complicated. It's not super impressive. It's intentionally incredibly low budget. But it's well done. It's captivating. And hell, it, it makes it on my first monitor more often than any other Let's Play. I mean, because it, it I just want like to watch it. All of those drawbacks you described are just more than made up for with sheer heart. Exactly. So that's. By recommendation, watch an episode of Game Center CX and next episode or in the comments below. Tell me what you watched and if you liked it. Please tell me you liked it. I like him. Yeah. Okay, I'm good. We can go to comments. Hey, comments! Okie dokie. Let me grab the comments real quick. 
from Deekso. Wouldn't it be funny if you answered the question posted while the newest episode is live? Yes, that would be funny. Thank you for that. That's hilarious. Um, actual question from him, though. Actual long after when using the tag would be meaningful, but Pierre does have a point about things being innocuous at first. I mean, the popular story is that Kingdom Hearts happened because of... Oh, this is more just a comment on just like, oh yeah, innocuous things... That's just how things happen. I think right. it's a direct correlation to how we met and started doing this. Happenstance is what makes the world go around. Yeah. Okay, actual question. I think this one's interesting. Uh, from Magic Ice. When you stop calling an era of a franchise... When, when do you stop calling an era of a franchise series modern? For example, Modern Kirby, we know it went from, modern, from Return to Dream Land to Star Allies, and Forgotten Land is the start of a new chapter. So what do we call modern Kirby after 10 years? 30 years. This applies to modern Sonic, modern Pokemon, and more. When do, when do we decide when it's not modern, and what do we call it when it's not modern? For what the, the hell is modern Pokemon? I, I, th 3D, I guess? Bad? That counts? Switch games? <laughs> I don't know. What the hell is a modern Pokemon? I can easily answer the what by it's just, it depends on the series that you're talking about. Like, you're going to call yeah. everything differently based on what. Is Legends Arceus modern Pokemon? I think that counts. And is that the off. only modern Pokemon? I, I, dude, you're asking too many complicated questions. I don't have the answers for it, man. Am I modern Pokemon? Gen 5 to that. Why 5? Why not 6? Why not 4 when there I, was the attack and special split? What makes 5 so special? What makes 6 so special? What makes 4 so special? I mean, the only harsh divide I can see is like the jump to 3D or the jump to consoles. And even then, those are like only two games apiece. But then you have stuff like when abilities were introduced, which is massive for the franchise. Pokemon Let's Go. That's modern Pokemon. That is the modernized version of the original game. <laughs> Damn, they haven't released a new modern Pokemon game in like four years. They should really release more Pokemon games more quickly. I mean, they did have that tease at the end of the the one. I, I don't even know what the latest game is. There is there is there is a there is a Ho Oh in Lugia with like new titles for like the gold and silver like titles were long i don't fucking know now regardless i i think you stop calling it after the next era has like gotten full and swing yeah once it's properly solidified like we didn't have a boost era for sonic until boost became like more of a consistent mechanic we didn't just say the boost era is now when unleashed happened yeah, that was just Sonic Unleashed. You can't call Mo Forgotten Land like it, its own era until we get like two or three games until we can actually figure out what is embodying this new yeah. era. But like seems... I understand that Star Allies was said as like the wrap on that sort of 2D style of Kirby for that time period. But 
So, like, I'm fine with calling that just, like, based on the Kumazaki era or whatever. You can call it whatever the hell you want. But it's always going to be a colloquial term by fans that is only there to satisfy fans. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Also, it feels a little messy doing that because I don't. I, I I really doubt that it's like the last two D Kirby we're ever going to get. Like there'll be another one at some point. Was well, the last two D Kirby in like the current continuation and style that they were intending to do those games? Then yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, to answer the question, it it depends on on both accounts. <laughs> yeah. Um. From JMCVO, what would be the dumbest sounding yet coolest versus Capcom game ideas you can think of? Muppets. <laughs> I was going to say Scooby-Doo, but I like that one more. <laughs> no, I've already plied out Scooby-Doo fighting game. We're solid. Who's who's the OP Muppet? Uh, people think it's Animal and he gets nerfed early, but it turns out he's a low tier. Yeah, actually, that fits perfectly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you get some weird setup shit with Gonzo. That it takes a while to learn, but once you get it down, there's just nothing you can do about it. Mm-hmm. The only thing that's keeping Gonzo from getting nerfs is that there are only three Gonzo players in the world. Exactly. God, I really want that now. Can you guys get that? <laughs> See, I got it in one. I can't believe it. Well, come on, come on. Figure out something that's good competition. Ah, uh, oh, oh, mm. Cap versus Capcom versus Capcom versus Capcom. I feel like Platinum Games would be really funny, just given the relationship. I just oh, they're dead. I know. <laughs> so is half of Capcom's properties. Historical figures. Capcom I was going to say U.S. History. presidents. That that, that works. That works. Yeah. Styla is like a civilization game, but it's just Theodore Roosevelt versus Mega Man. Mm-hmm. Cleopatra versus Morgan. Uh, from 8-Bit Wise Man, simple question. What is the thing you enjoy most about Halloween? Costumes. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's not really a competition. Like, candy's fun, but I love seeing the creativity just on display of what people can come up with. I do love sitting around and eating all the leftover candy afterward. That is a very good part of Halloween. Indeed, indeed. But no, it is absolutely creativity or just seeing children really happy, just like in a costume, have no idea how to keep in character. Terrible actors, children. <laughs> in the streets of Halloween. Just awful. They have one line, and they can't even say it consistently. Indeed. Wonderful experience. <laughs> Taking a step backward for a second, Jake, YouTuber versus Capcom could also be pretty funny. <laughs> but from Admittedly, I would like to main Mr. Beast. Exactly! You understand! Yes. Okay, from 3XHS, you get the ability to time travel back in time and punch one historical figure of your choice in the face, without exceptions. However, the choice of who to punch must exclusively be made for thoroughly petty reasons. 
with that stipulation in place, who do you punch? Uh, yeah, who would be a good one? Because my gut was Jeffrey Katzenberg, but... Remind me who Jeffrey Katzenberg is. Uh, oh! Yeah. Well, the chairperson, Disney. Chair yeah. Per- yep, 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 yep. Yeah, yeah it was. Yeah. Then made Shrek out of spite, which was good. And then just screwed everyone on the way down for money and then made an app that was going to be the future and it lost billions of dollars. My my gut reaction was terrible, but I remember when uh, Steve Hawking threw a time a party for time travelers, and wouldn't that just be the worst thing ever if only one person showed up, <laughs> punched him in the face, and left? <laughs> oh, that is actually pretty funny. Apart from that, pro- probably just the writer of a song that has driven me insane that I've blocked from my This is a hard question to ask because I feel like the right answers is just something you've kind of forgotten until something somebody reminds you about it. Exactly. It has to be just annoying enough to you that you feel like, oh, yes, I actually kind of dislike this person. Mm-hmm. can't say that <laughs> but now i want to know <laughs> send it a uh, message i want to know okay it would be bad if i said that on <laughs> uh, i understand uh, no michael eiser is funny he's a funny failure I wouldn't want to punch him. I, I would just want to, like, shame him a little bit. Uh, whoever is the executive that canceled Megas XLR for a tax write-off. Ooh, that, oh, if you're going to talk about cancellations there. I don't know who it is, which may, like, exclude it based on, like, Death Note rules. But I could look it up very easily. I hate Bobby Kotick too much for him to count, but whoever made the decision to hire him... Whoever made the Activision Blizzard thing go through, I could punch that person. I wonder if I could just, like, go back in time and punch Linkara and then just become part of his content. (laughs) Oh, yeah, hey, there you go. Just found a really popular video. And halfway through filming, who is this mysterious person? creates a giant hunt across the entire internet. You wake up the next day, you've got three million more subscribers. These effects are pretty good for a top the fourth wall, dang. (laughs) Whoever hired John Riccatello? I could punch John Riccatello, exactly. Um, Oh yeah, Tommy Tallarico, because he shares my first name. Not only do I, not only do I share the name with Michael Jackson, I share the initials. That's never let me. It's either that or Mary Jane. Growing up. Hmm. Um. 
This guy from Beano Nintendo. I have a question for you. What are some video game environments that you love but hate the real life equivalents of? For instance, I can't stand shopping malls in real life, but find them pretty charming whenever they show up in a video game. Swamps. Well, I mean, yeah. I think, I think the bayou is beautiful in paintings and games at sunset. Like, the beautiful image of just a riverboat going through an entirely green environment is gorgeous. But you just don't like being eaten alive by mosquitoes in 70% Not... humidity? Yeah, um, about that. No. I am weak. Uh, I feel like I could, you could easily throw out a lot of environmental ones. But I, like, mm -hmm. I hate being in the middle of a desert. So there's some great desert levels. Um, I'm trying to think of more like a like that kind of social situation. Concerts. Uh, it depends on the concert for me. That's fair. Like I, I've I've been to one where I could actually get into the energy. It was the Who, like the Mongolian band, not the not the Who, the Who. Mm -hmm. Like that's infectious. But most of them I can't stand the crowdedness. But if there's just a bunch of fun, like the, that kind of Guitar Hero vibe, that's always a great time. It is fun if the audience is not a mosh audience, but is a glow stick audience. Yes. Oh, factories as well. Like, factories aren't fun to be in real life, but... Oh, yeah, no, factories are you miserable. You get some great stuff. <coughs> um, I, I, yeah, I guess anything anything with, like, large flashing lights, like a discotheque. Ooh, yeah. Like, th those can be really fun environments if you don't actually have... Like, once your senses stop shutting, start shutting down. Yeah. Oh, skate parks. Yes, absolutely. Skate parks are the most fun things in video games. Never in a million years. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I will break all of my specifically highly engineered to be coordinated at only certain things bones. For sure. Uh, we just got one more. I think I'll end off with this one. From all right. Zien in the comments, I mean, the actual live chat. Did you feel in one moment that a genre of video games could be more explored? Ideas that made you, made you say, Whoa, that's cool. Wait, is, is that all? Yeah, that's really encompassing and hits really hard. It requires you to go deep into the thought tank. <laughs> my, my gut reaction was... Now that having played both Rayman Legends and Mario Wonder, give me a mm -hmm. 2D platformer based around music. Like, commit to that idea. Mm, that's that's actually a really good I one. I guess that's Geometry Dash, but, like, there's more you can do there. Um, yeah, I... The time travel from Titanfall 2. Build a whole game around just manipulating i thought there's a portal ah oh, but that's mod. so perfect it is so perfect it's so perfect is its own isolated moment but like there's an idea there that you could like i, I remember a portal 2 really popular mod that adds a third green portal that shifts you between time and like the same mm -hmm. test zone i feel like time travel shenanigans in general can add a lot to various games and they're really like you had a lot in like the ocarina of time when you 
just in the following years after that, I was just like, okay, we're plant traveling between two worlds, and then it kind of just got dropped a little bit. Yeah. Uh, 90% of Pokemon mechanics? <laughs> yes, that is that is true. Uh, oh, I like... like uh, okay, go ahead, go ahead. I think the only one that's explored at all is Double Battles. The fact that they committed so hard to contests and then instantly dropped it and gave it no practical reward was like, oh. Mm-hmm. Oh, I have one. Um, the game Evolve from like seven years ago, the mm-hmm. heavy asymmetric multiplayer, you had four player hunters going against one player monster. Mm-hmm. The concept of that game was amazing. They just kind of forgot that they had to give hunters things to do apart from just chasing after the monster. Right, 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 right. Oh, no, that is good. But like, there's so many different ways you can mess with just that kind of go kill the other player before they get big enough to kill you. Yes. No, that's very true. Oh, you know what's the junction system from Final Fantasy VIII? Oh! That's such an interesting and fascinating concept. The ability that essentially everyone is a blue mage, and everyone has a sort of risk-reward with every enemy from what you can learn from it, is so utterly fascinating. They're copying from an earlier version of D&D with very limited spell slots for Mm -hmm. the idea and junctioning it straight to your stats makes it a very simple binary as opposed to being able to properly evolve and specialize your characters. Mm -hmm. Like there is an incredibly deep system in there for what amounts to I put the really good things in the big stat and now I do the big numbers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I agree, I agree. There's so many different directions that can be taken. Oh, you... Uh, I, I say this is the one good thing about Fates a lot, but having just the simple split of factions for the units, of, like, having mirrors, but one of them is Western European units, and the other one is, like, medieval Japanese units, I cannot mm-hmm. believe that didn't become a mainstay of Fire Emblem moving forward. Yeah. Like, just theming three houses off of, off of, like, northern, western, and eastern Europe? That was, that, it was right there! Nah. Nah, fam. Claude's, like, from a desert or some shit. I don't know. Nah, you just go with, like, kind of Poland, Lithuanian for them. Germanic stuff for Edelgard, and then Dimitri's traditional western fantasy stuff. He sure is. Uh, The concept of Assassin's Creed. (laughs) Anything relating to the character Desmond in Assassin's Creed. Uh, It's really impressive how the best Assassin's Creed game is a Lord of the Rings game. And even that one didn't go very far with the formula. Oh, yeah. Oh no, isn't the best Assassin's Creed game a Batman game? I I, I feel like it does more. Oh no, it's Spider-Man. I'm sorry, it's Spider-Man. Spider-Man is the best Assassin's Creed. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Oh yeah, I I, I feel feel good with those answers. Yeah, yeah, I I think we're solid. 
Yeah, we, we've only been talking for almost four hours now. We're, Near four we're, hours, we're good, yeah. We're good. <laughs> so thank you all for watching this. Sorry for the technical issues. I, You can't really plan for that. You can't plan I, for your webcam exploding. It's fine. I, I even like wrapped it afterwards, and it was like... Felt like it was about to burn me. So that, that's oh, I, probably I'm sure. a problem. That's fine. But we will figure that out moving forward. Uh, but until next time, thank you all for watching. Make sure to put the whole hashtag DDG comment if you want us to talk about any of your questions as well. Please do. Please make them fun questions as well as insightful ones. I want some fun ones. Exactly. Give us some breaks from video games for a little bit. Like I, I want, I want to. I just let me talk about like bugs or something. I don't know. Let me talk about food again. That was fun. Yes. Gosh, that that description of a burger. I just thought about that. Now I'm hungry. <laughs> God, I want a burger. I, yeah. Seriously. Hmm. All right. But anyway, we will see you yeah. all next month.